This game made me reevaluate my relationship with like retro gaming. Like, <laughs> like, even knowing. <laughs> even. the imperial schools of honor podcast i'm josh volan and i am jay baxter and we're gonna be bullshit about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again today we are salivating over jay's dairy queen ice cream birthday cake and enviously watching him tear open a brand new copy of sunsoft's 1990 release of batman the video game for the nintendo entertainment system happy fucking birthday jay emulation <laughs> disclosure dabbled a little bit uh, uh, with my xd android handheld on some flights for for practice uh, to boston to watch Al- josh allen destroy the cheating patriots and to austin for work uh, but for the most part i i played via emulation on my pc nestopia with my usb standard nes controller jay how did you play Exact same way. <laughs> NES Topia with the standard USB NES controller. Word. Please rate and view the podcast. It makes us feel really, really good. And what are we jamming on now? Jay, what are you jamming on now? So many things, but it all starts with Halo. I mean, still Halo Infinite. It's amazing to me how much time I have put into this game. Like, I don't know where I can find like an hour account, but I kind of want to know at this point. Like, I'm afraid to know. What do you mean? Don't, don't, they all, don't they all say that? What do you mean? They all have that. I don't know. Well, not the combination between like, hey, you've played this many multiplayer hours and you played this many campaign well, just, hours. Just when the app, time. just when the app's running, isn't there? Can't you go? To, I'm almost certain, dude. You can go to the dashboard, and I'm sure I can find it somewhere. Yeah. It's it's not readily there, but I'm sure I can find it. Yeah. But I'm afraid to know. <laughs> <laughs> I have played so much, so I've, I've made it to the rank of platinum in multiplayer. So I'm pretty excited about that. And just congratulations. The, Jay. I, I, thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> the amount of time that I've spent in multiplayer on that game is just shocking to me. And, like, it's exciting because, you know, it's not just the multiplayer. Because, I've you know, I played Halo 5 multiplayer all the time, but it's the ranked arena. So, like, being in that ranked arena, giving me that competition fix... Not only is it fun, not only is it exciting, you know, to get that fix in, but then when I translate it back to, like, the big team battle, you know, with 24 players or, you know, something that's much more casual that's not ranked, I'm able to able to freaking smoke people, man. So it's like a blast. It, like, is making me better, giving me that fix, and then when I go back to other modes, like, I'm winning or, like, leading the team most often. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, outside of that, man, the, the campaign... Still fantastic. I'd say I'm pretty deep in the campaign as well. And so it's like when I just get pissed off in multiplayer and I'm losing a lot, then I'll switch over to the campaign and obviously I can kick ass there. So uh, it's just, it's so good, man. The graphics are so good. The story is so good. Like the open world aspects, like how are you going to do Halo open world? But it's just, it's just open enough that you have your big vehicles, your freaking scorpion tanks or your warthogs like get from place to place and blast people along the way. It's just it's really fun. I I'm I'm surprised that I'm this sucked into it, man. I I, I would I would almost I would almost imagine maybe 100 hours at this point. Which is freaking nuts since, to, to me. Since when? Since late November. Okay. It's a lot of freaking time. But yep. it's not stopping anytime soon. <laughs> That's the main Word. point. Word. 
So, yeah, in addition to that, man, I'm actually playing a lot of Injustice 2. Have you ever played or heard of this? All right, let me educate you. Let me educate you. Sorry, that's you. a so, no. That's bad podcasting to just shake your head. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a definite head shake. Um, yeah, so Injustice 2 is based on a DC like alternate universe one-shot storyline where the Joker essentially tricks Superman into thinking he's fighting Doomsday, and he instead kills Lois Lane his wife, who is also pregnant with his unborn child. Superman snaps and kills the Joker. And because of that, he's just like, he's mad at Batman. He's like, how many times have you caught this dude and let him go free? He's like, I'm done messing around. And basically, Superman just becomes the world's dictator. He's just like, you're going to do things my way. I'm going to make sure peace happens. You're going to get on board. Or, you know, I'm, I'm done playing nice. And so, like, a lot of superheroes are like, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then obviously Batman and other people are like, "Wait, hold on, hold on, Superman. No, nah, you can't do that." Wait, you you you've gleaned this full storyline from the video game? Like, no, no. You, you, I've read so oh, I've okay. read the comic. Okay. I've read okay, the, the one shot comic. That was, like, that was, that was super I, important information. I was like, <laughs> "How the fuck does he have this level of fucking understanding of okay?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, because when I when I heard of the the game coming out, I was like. And I, I just read up on it, and so I bec- I read the comic as a result. And so that's the world you're in. And so because of that, the game itself is predicated on all these superhero, like whether you're a superhero, quote unquote, or a villain, it doesn't like the lo- the lines are all blurred anymore. It's like, do you support Superman or do you not? And so it's essentially a fighting game, but it's so much fun because you have all these characters. They're powerful. Superman's evil, and for me. The reason I started playing it again, because I used to play this a while ago when it first came out. This has definitely been around for a few years. But, of course, they had an Ultimate Pack on sale for, like, $6. So I got, you know, not just skins for people, but, like, alternate versions. So not just the Hal Jordan Green Lantern. I got, like, the um, Jon Stewart Green Lantern. Instead of just, like, the main Supergirl, you got, like, Power Girl. So it just basically added a bunch more characters. Strangely enough... There's more combat characters in there. You got Raiden. You got Sub-Zero. You got Ninja Turtles in there. So it's just kind of a fun fighting game with a great story behind it. And so I've been playing that as well a ton. So actually like two-on-two single-screen fighting, you mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like... Okay. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Definite, definite fighting game. So I've, I'm, I, re- I realized my gaming collection is all about the genres. Like, I got to have my basketball game. I got to have my... You know, my first-person shooter game. I got to have my RPG game. And I needed a fighter. Because I've been playing, like, of course, Mortal Kombat 11. I still think that game is fun. But I can't just play that during the day when the kids are around. I can't just chop off heads and stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I needed something still fun but less gory. And so this just kind of hit. I found this at just the right time. Oh, they're going to have to learn about heads chopping off someday, Jay. I mean. I mean, true. But maybe seven, eight, nine. Maybe ten. I don't know. But not three. <laughs> but yeah, man. Other than that, I've actually been playing this game called Dauntless again. It's like this is something I've talked about before. Like I played it a while ago. It's like a free-to-play Monster Hunter. It's Epic's version. So you think Fortnite meets Monster Hunter. Um, but they've it's been around. It's been around for a couple years as well. But they've made a ton of changes, revamped like the the system where you can level up your characters and get different weapons. And so you're hunting these beasts. And I had actually lost interest in it a while ago before they made these changes. But somehow my daughter just kept, she kept interested in it. And so, 
you know, she's been wanting to play it with me. And so I jumped back into it. And with all these changes, it's actually way more fun than it used to be. So playing that a ton as well. And then, you know, of course, my NBA 2K22 on the side whenever I feel like. So a lot of gaming. Word, 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 Good word. stuff. Okay. okay. What about no, you, Josh? No, no mention of Oculus in there at all? None. No mention of Oculus. Only, it's funny, except for our awesome playthrough yesterday. Like, that actually made me miss. I was like, man, it's been too long since I played this. I need to play more Demio. <laughs> that game's bomb. But it's been hard. Like, with all these games that have come out that I've, like, sucked into, it's hard to, like put that on and block out the rest of the world i'm basically telling the kids and stuff like yep you can't watch me i'm not here so it's kind of just hard for me to do that when they're all awake you know what i mean <sighs> i'd probably just have to get rid of the family is what i would do if i had to make sure. that <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh word okay 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 well i am um still technically not done with resident evil um, Oculus, Resident Evil 4, the, oh, the, okay. the fucking game, it never ends, dude, like, <laughs> you were talking about this last time, I feel <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I know, like, I mean that in the, I, I think in the best possible way, for the most part, uh, but, like, yeah, I guess, you know, like, I mean, I think I mentioned last time, like, I fucking, like, I'm like, oh, that's gotta be the end, that I'm, you know, working my way through right now, and then, nope, whole new fucking thing, a whole new area will open up, whole new fucking plot points presented, I'm at the, I've, I've Googled it now, so I know I'm at the end, I'm at this Wave Runner action sequence that I cannot fucking beat for the life of me, and, you know, based on my frustrated Googling, like, it's definitely the end of the game, <laughs> you know? like, like, but, yeah, it's like, you gotta, like, you know, it's like after the final boss battle, which was pretty cool, but a little bit confusing to be honest with you. But it was still it was it was a cool battle. Uh, but yeah, beat that, and then it's, it's you know it's one of those like Metroid get the fuck out of the base endings. You know, you got you got X Y Z number of time to to get, to get out before something blows up. Uh, so you're like running out of the fucking thing, and yeah, it's a jet ski sequence, which just kind of comes out of nowhere. <laughs> like there's no other. <laughs> you don't have to do any. I mean, you do. I you know, check that's a lie. There is a boating sequence, and it's a very like you're at this like remote lake kind of uh, environment, so it's not totally. I shouldn't say that, but anyways, yeah, the controls of it are a little fucking weird, and like I don't know, it just I can't fucking beat it. It's frustrating, and it's not fun enough. Like mm. you know, like I've 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 had probably a half dozen times where I've picked it up, gave that a try a bunch of times, and been like, this is just no, this is just pissing me off, and like it's so <clears throat> because I know it's the end, and it's not fun. And it's not going to add to this. I'm certain it's not going to add to the story. I'm not. Even, I'm certain that the story isn't even worth caring about. Like I, I mean, I've already said that a million times. The story's <laughs> terrible for the most part, you know. So like, I, I'm I'm almost tempted, even though it's this game I've enjoyed so much throughout, to just be like, I don't even need to do that. Like it's wow. it's like yeah, it's like a meaningless. <laughs> it's a meaningless beat to the game. Like I've enjoyed the game already. I've done the game. And I I even like and that it's one thing to say that and be like, oh, that just sucks. I don't want to do it anymore. But I also feel complete. Like I don't. I don't feel mm. like normally, you know, you know how I am. I'm a fucking weirdo. I'm a complete Yeah, I'm surprised to hear this. Right, completely. yeah. But like I don't even feel emotionally attached to the idea of finishing it, which is, you know, very weird to wow. me. But Wow. Yeah, I'm thinking about just I definitely haven't played it since I got back from Austin. Like I tried I think the last time I tried it was in Austin and I was like, This fucking sucks. And just put it down and fucking two weeks now have gone by and I've just been playing other shit. I haven't even thought about picking it up, you know. Mm. It's not any fun. So there's that. I downloaded a very simple puzzle game called Cubism off a recommendation from the Rough Talk VR pod dudes. And it's, you want something, actually, this this is a good recommendation for you, I think, especially with the way that you want to engage, like you were just describing, you need to like, you know, because you have to partition yourself from the outside world. 
mm-hmm. and the kids can't watch, yada, yada, yada. Like, this, although you could, it's a fucking puzzle game, so you clearly, you could cast, like I said, you can just cast your thing onto a screen and let them watch, dude, you know, which I think it, it probably, oh, yeah. would, it, it yeah. probably would be interesting to for some of the games that, you know, you don't, you're not worried about the content of. I think they probably, if they care enough to be asking you about it, I think they would watch it. Um, <laughs> right. Because it's, it's interesting. But uh, anyways, you... It, it, it's a like this incredibly zen 3D block puzzle game. So you have uh, it was twenty percent off. The, like the reason I bought it was twenty percent off the holidays. I'd heard the recommendation, so nine ninety nine full price. I got it for you know eight bucks. So even at ten bucks though, it's clearly well worth it. Anyways, you get an assortment of you have like the, uh, geometric 3D shapes and they're like you know Tetrisy kind of things, 3D Tetrisy tetronomes or whatever the hell they're called. And mm-hmm. there's a shape in front of you. Like an outline of a shape in this box that you can turn that's also transparent. Uh, And the shape inside is this limiting design that you have to fit the blocks into. So it's like a 3D Tetris, essentially, Hmm. puzzle-based, you know? And it, it all happens in this very, very clean white space with this very, very zen music going on with it it's just like an it's remarkably calming like if you i don't know if you needed to like decompress you know it would it's a fan like a fantastic thing to probably do before bed um mm. outside you know, I mean, the mental challenge of a thing of course is not like turn your brain off and go to whatever uh but it, it is as far as just like the calming aspect of the environment and the playscape like it's fucking right. it's incredible it's really really good so yeah. say great cubism? game and, uh cubism it's called yeah cubism okay uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's fucking, they, they have a, it's a ton of content. There's, I mean, a million fucking levels and each one's kind of themed a little bit. They have like a certain type of, there's six of them, uh, uh, divided up into each group and each group has its own like kind of like as much as you could theme a bunch of fucking geometric shapes, you know? So there's yeah. like, it's, it's, I, and, and yeah, I mean, it's definitely challenging. Some of them are hard as fuck, you know? And like, it's, a you know, it's. Like when, like when you, like when you have a a block sticking outside or a part of what a shape sticking outside of the space, because you, you know, because of the way it is, you you're not not even going to necessarily know all the time because you're like sticking things in and you can't see the back side of it. You can turn it and look, obviously, but like you think you have it under, you know, you think you're doing the right thing, and like and like it'll it does this little like pinging beep thing, you know. I don't know it's just like a it's like a it, even that aspect of it is this calming, just like a. Hey, buddy. Just so you know, <laughs> like this, you know, it's like it's out of even even like the fail is like this, like supportive, uh, calming fucking presentation. You know, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a really well done game for for a puzzle game. I think, um, you know, as opposed to you know, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm somewhat comparing it to Tetris. And Tetris is like a goddamn. Tetris is not calming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Te- Tetris is like a goddamn uh, epileptic fucking seizure. You know, the, especially the 3D one in and on Oculus. So fuck, uh, it's like the polar opposite of that, but the same kind of mental gymnastics. You know, that's funny you mention that because I've multiple times put on Tetris 99 or Tetris Effect connected, and I've been like, all right, I'm it's going to be calm, and I'm just like. Fuck no, that's not calm stressed. at all. I yeah, yeah, stressful shit. When that shit speeds up, it's like I get so I'm like, fuck you. Like, what kind of fucking? It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I've been playing that. Uh, of course, been playing the shit out of Demio. Walkabout Mini Golf mm-hmm. Two. Duh. Uh, Demio with the new leveling. It's cool with the new leveling. It changed the 
they, they change it so now it's instead of you know you essentially get if you play a whole campaign one of the you know three level dungeons you get you essentially get a thousand experience um, for for doing that and the way the leveling structure used to work and and again I mean I've said it a bunch of times but the leveling is all cosmetic it's meaningless relatively yeah. speaking it I'm just like gives, levels meant nothing to me right right. Uh, but you get high, and there are there is cool shit, and you do want it. Uh, there's you know it, it does have that fucking loot crate effect on you. But <laughs> the it used to be a thousand you got for each campaign, and each level was a thousand, which I thought was I, even when I first got the game, I'm like that's kind of I mean early on sure, but the fact that it doesn't scale at all over the course yeah. of forty five levels was the original leveling system. Like that's fucking stupid. I thought that you know right from the jump, and so they they switch it now. Where it's three thousand to each one, so you have to beat multiple camp. Like at once, you hit forty five. I mean, it's 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 a thousand per level, two forty five, and then forty five and beyond. And I think it's going up to like sixty something now, maybe or, or something like that. But it's three thousand to the to each next level, which I think I still think it's kind of like very basic bitch of them for again not to not to scale it all. It's like three thousand even for each one. It's I don't know. To me, it's just like. I don't know. I've been playing RPGs my whole life. It's always like it always scales. <laughs> like you're fucking with the system, it always scales uh, over the course of it. It should get harder as you get better. Uh, even though like you can't, like there's also the the counter argument to that is most RPGs it scales because the things you encounter give you more experience. So it's like that scales mm-hmm. too. So sure, whatever. But uh, in any event, it it it's the the levels from 45 and beyond are one harder to achieve and be like the things you're getting are like the you know they're I've been playing for so long and even those first 45 level cosmetic enhancements are just like they're just like I don't know like now you can get like you can get there was one glove upgrade but now there's a bunch of glove upgrades and like I mean I see guys in like Star Trek fucking visors what? not like a uh, Star Trek what's that what's the guy's name with the thing Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I know what it was called. Star Trek right. Visor. I mean, right, right, <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I've seen I guys in those, and like you know, the fucking. I saw a guy with fucking skeleton hands for gloves, and like you know, there's like hmm. they they upped the game for sure, and, and spent a little more time on the designs for these new things. So that's like an incentivizing thing uh, to play, and 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 you know, the game is still just fun and great though. Although I, I feel like I mean, I, I still think like they've tw- like I played last night. Just played last night in the. Even that first dungeon, when we were playing, I mean, it was me, Amy, and then two, I mean, I think they were both relatively new players, um, relative to those people who, like, are on level fucking 60 and know everything, I mean, when I say that, but, uh, not noobs, but, you know, didn't know everything, so that's part of it, but... Like, we get our fucking ass kicked at times, even like, and that's that's like <laughs> traditionally that first dungeon, that black sarcophagus dungeon is like just cake, you know, it's easy, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It shouldn't have any challenge at all, really. And even that last night it was like there was like on the first level there was like waves of those fucking goblins and the go- goblin chieftains, just like waves of them coming from like multiple directions when mm. we're trying to clear the second half of the board out, and like that of course means nothing to you if you haven't played. But those enemies suck, and to have a lot of them on the first level of the the fucking that dungeon was like that's a little weird <laughs> you know up to difficulty maybe, right. maybe yeah, people that, yeah, are that, like bitching like hey it's right. too easy it's too easy right. like all yeah, right yeah, that, that, that's kind of what i'm getting at i mean i already said like the rat king's been hard as fuck for a while now relative to when i first got it so and roe is always pretty hard i think the um the new one roots of evil so very good still playing the shit of it that's not gonna stop anytime soon the last thing i would say is i, I got a, and like like so when i you know I, I finished resident evil and like i literally spent you know 
a half hour probably just going through the store and like trying to find a new. There was that Arcaxer game. I think I might have mentioned the Rough Talk guys recommended mm-hmm. uh, an, an App Lab thing, and I even down like the, it was pretty cool of them to have this and smart on their behalf. But they had like a demo, like a, a physical interactive demo that you could download which most games don't have that you just buy it fucking you know off recommendations and videos and shit so it was cool they could do that and actually play it so i was playing that and like you know i mean i guess maybe the demo's not as polished as the regular game and that's a possibility but like i encountered some weird shit that was like a little like a turn off functionally you know while playing it and that being an app lab game coupled with like a little bit of a bad play experience i was like that's not a good sign you know so i ended up passing on that even though i was kind of i was thinking that was me my next thing so i was looking through the store trying to find shit and the i just looked at the name it's got such a wacky name that i freaking forgot it again waltz of the wizard was one i saw and waltz of the wizard natural magic and it, it looks like you know it's a first person deal you can see your hands but you like it's got like your 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 uh uh a wizard of uh, of some kind and you you know it's got like you have to like there's like functional aspects that you have to act out carry out to cast the spells with your hands you know which is cool you know it's a really oh, it's, yeah it's a really okay. interesting thing and like you know i you know, just you know you look at the video and you're just like parsing like individual little things that they want to show you like little nuggets that they think are interesting looking and whatever somehow embrace the vr upside of video games you know so you always gotta take a little bit of a grain of salt but like you know i saw him like he's like playing a xylophone and like doing fucking shit with his hands and like it's making things happen you know so it's like there's there it looks pretty fucking cool uh it's rated pretty highly the reviews were cool but i ended up not biting on it and then we were playing that game last night of demio and one of the guys the guy funny enough playing the playing the wizard <laughs> uh was uh, just like randomly brought that game up i'm like oh i just listened to the fucking trailer of that and he was like talking he was like it's so fucking good yeah 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 so i think that is the next thing for sure because uh, that's that's just too good of happenstance you know to yeah to, to overlook Check that, <laughs> yeah, that sounds yeah, like yeah. my type of game too yeah for sure uh and i yeah i think i i'm pretty sure it was i mean it wasn't like a you know 40 dollar deal or anything i think it was pretty you know in the teens maybe cost wise so it wasn't too bad um, so yeah, I think that's the next thing. So, so we played Batman, and then yes, I guess uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Stage one theme bringing us in, and does this game have tracks or does it not have tracks? Oh my god, dude! Yeah, I was. I I told you when I was fucking doing the the prep stuff and like trying to find my own track for just the notes and stuff. I was like, I I was listening to the soundtrack and I was like, I'm just downloading all these. There's no reason not to download all these. (laughs) 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 Like we're gonna use all these in the in the edit. There's no chance of any of them not making the cut. So uh, it doesn't really matter what I choose. Anyhow, the synopsis for this game, it is labeled Game Story in the manual, and that's unique wording I kind of liked. It goes like this. The citizens of Gotham City are busy planning the city's 200th anniversary festival, but there is not much to celebrate. Crime and violence rule the city. The only man who can free the city from Joker's evil clutches is the one and only Batman. With your help, the caped crusader can defeat the Joker and save the good people of Gotham City. 
Batman is armed with special weapons and acrobatic strength. He must destroy 15 different types of enemies and 5 bosses while traveling through 5 stages. Finally, Batman comes face to face with the Joker, but who will prevail? It's up to you, Jay. Uh, we should talk probably briefly about the film, I think, which I, I actually watched for the first time in years, in its entirety anyhow, in preparation for this. The, oh. which, when, when was the last time you watched Batman? Dude, this one? It's been years. I think I watched it like right when the... Um, what's his name? Uh, not the recent Batman, but the... Um, what's the, the previous Batman name? Dark Knight Batman, all of that. When that came out, Christian Bale. So when Christian Bale came out, I think I rewatched this original one, just, just in preparation, just to get, just just to get in the headspace, just to get in the headspace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Just for comparison, like, cool. Let me go back to the old, the ones sure, I remember sure. growing up. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, it's pretty good, man. Like, it's it's a little stiff, the acting, but that that's a common problem of the time. You know, late '80s, everything's yeah. kind of like like the filmmaking apparatus, in a technical capacity, was still so archaic. And cumbersome that it like it just slowed everything down. The acting, the cinematography, the pacing, like everything is just kind of like like it, feel, it often feels like a stage play happening in front of a camera on a tripod. You know, mm. that's just, that's just like a problem with films prior to the digital age uh, because cameras could get more mobile and therefore everything right. everything could kind of have a little more life and a little more movement to it. You know, so that's my own. Cinema critique, <laughs> an, an era cinema critique uh, that maybe not everyone shares. Anyways, Nicholson and Keaton are so fucking good that they transcend those, transcend those technical problems and are just riveting to watch, though. You know, which it's it's fucking they're just such fucking fantastic actors. And Nicholson just did a, such a he's so fucking unreal, man. He's such a just a, you know I don't know. He's been doing this shit for so long now, and like it's just it blows my mind how some human beings are just fucking like you just cannot not fucking watch them you know you cannot <laughs> you can like when they are just doing anything it doesn't matter you can watch them take a shit and you just you be like what's this motherfucker gonna do next <laughs> like and he is just the i don't know man his joker is the embodiment of that and, i mean heath ledger's joker was also the same thing but in a different way you know and yeah, like a, like different. nicholson's joker is like the you know Throughout the like the whole thing is like Tim Burton did a great job of like you know he was making a he was putting a comic book on screen you know so like Nicholson's Joker is it's a comic book character you know he is he is a live action version of a comic book character Heath Ledger's Joker is like an insane son of a bitch that whole you know that's a, the, yeah, the, yeah. the the Christopher Nolan Batman's period were like they were the, he tried to he tried to put that in a real believable world you know nothing about Batman Tim Burton's Batman is believable at all and they're not even trying to they're making a comic book in live action form you know and those are that those are completely two different stylistic things of course but um, Nicholson's nailing of that of like even though it's not supposed to be believable is like that motherfucker could like he that's real like that motherfucker is not acting like he's fucking being a real thing in that crazy ass fucking unreal place you know he's just i don't know he's just so fucking good and does such a good job man that the there's the the scene where he fries the guy with a hand buzzer you know oh and, yeah the, and like the the board meeting of the mob bosses or whatever mm -hmm. like there's you know and i i it, this is me being able to see the fucking Again, like in the filmmaking apparatus and knowing how that went. But, like, he – they hold on – like, the 
and that's a that's a director decision, cinematographer decision too. But they hold on the fried guy at the end of the see, the scene. You know, they don't. And Nicholson walks off, but they don't hold like so. They we we visually stay on the 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 fried corpse, and but Nicholson keeps acting all the way off camera, and they hold on. You know, they're holding on this thing for so long that you know there's just no way it was scripted. He's just like riffing shit as he walks off set basically you know and just riffing stuff into his fucking mic as he fuck as he's walking off and, and you know maybe it might not even have been all from the same take they could have edited i clearly that allows you the freedom to edit whatever you want in there audio wise from whenever he said it but he's just you know either way you know clearly it's not like it's just him just being joker in like his own improv way you know and it's just it's hysterical like the shit he's just fucking yeah. saying as he walks away is hysterical you know he's just so fucking good man there was never uh, any question about <laughs> Whether or not he was the Joker, you know what I mean. Like, oh, whereas sure, later yeah. Batman and stuff, like, how did this person portray? Like, oh, what do you think about this person's acting job? But it was like, nah, that was the Joker and the Batman. That's <laughs> Batman. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So. yeah. So yeah, so so watching that man, my biggest fucking takeaway, and you haven't seen it recently enough, where this is probably not going to land. You have to watch it and like watch it maybe even with this in mind. But my biggest takeaway was how absolutely fucking ridiculous it is. That when Vicky Vale is saved from the art gallery by Batman, so it's essentially the first time she meets Batman. So he takes her from there back to the Batcave via this long Batmobile drive out in the middle of nowhere, right? So they sit in quiet. Like, there's a scene where they're just sitting, you know, it's like meant to be like this, like, awkward moment where they're in the car together quietly, you know, just driving for God knows how long. And we only see, of course, you know, 10 seconds of it. But the the insinuation is they've been riding in this car together for this long drive for however long. And they're like a foot apart that whole time. And she isn't able to make the connection that it's the millionaire she just spent all night with. She slept with him. She went on a date with him and hung out in that kitchen with him for all night long. She met him in the arc at, or in, at the party before that. And all that happened within like the last 48 hours, at least by my measure of the of the storytelling here and like his voice isn't any different and his eyes and entire mouth and jaw are visible. And it's just like, fucking come on, man. Like there's just no, <laughs> there's just no fucking way that she wouldn't be able to tell it's the same person. There's just like no you wouldn't way. at least question be looking at his face. Like, <laughs> yeah, like God damn. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, the, you know, and again, it's like, not, you know, not even just some random asshole. It's the fucking millionaire playboy of the entire town. You know, like it's, I don't know. It's just fucking, I was sitting there watching that scene like, oh, man, I don't know how, like, again, it's just a comic book movie, but, like, fuck, yeah, as a director, like, a like a really, really accomplished director who, like, cares about everything about his craft, like, you have to imagine Tim Burton is, he had to look at that scene and just be like, oh, God, it's so unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> just you suspend know. your disbelief and move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, God. No. But, generally speaking, pretty fucking good. So back to the game. The release happened on February thirteenth, nineteen ninety, and there wasn't a, not a shit ton happening of real importance. But Steven Seagal badass action flick Hard to Kill was tops at the box office at the in the U.S. the weekend prior. Uh, Driving Miss Daisy and Tango and Cash were fun notables, also in the top ten. Do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, were you a Steven Seagal fan as a child? Not a fan. No, I mean yeah. obviously I knew who he was. He was everywhere. But yeah, uh, dude, my dad loves really eighties action flicks. So Steven Seagal was definitely one of it. Like uh, I'm hard to kill. And what's the other one that's like it's the exact same movie? Hard to kill and Out for Justice. I think is the other one. That's a Steven I mean, Seagal flick. They're like they're the same fucking movie. Just right. The same. <laughs> it's like the exact same fucking movie two times in a row, like a year apart or something that Steven Seagal is in. Uh, yeah, the eighties are funny. 
Uh, and then Paula Abdul's Opposites Attract was atop the Billboard Top 100 chart. Oh, my gosh. That it's song. So I've heard that song so many times to this I can't, day. I, I'm, I hear I'm, it, I'm sure. Ah, like, oh, turn it off. I'm sure I would. If I heard it, I'd be like, oh, I recognize that. But I don't know. I have no idea what that song is. I have no clue. Oh, my gosh, dude. I heard, <laughs> for some reason, like, I feel like this is right when I was, like, introduced to music videos and when I really started watching music videos. And for some reason, that is one of those initial videos that right. I just was just on repeat. Like, when I, if I was at my cousin's house and they had, you know, MTV or whatever, or when we finally got it, it was just like that song i'm like oh my gosh stop it <laughs> yeah see yeah this is before i had any access to mtv so that's that's probably part of it you know uh, but i mean i was definitely sitting like at my house listening to 92.3 the party pig and fucking <laughs> that you know that was all rb and like you know kind of commercial hip-hop stuff that i'm sure she was playing on but i yeah fucking didn't, didn't <laughs> it didn't it didn't land on me in a memorable way i guess uh, anyhow, what kind of kind of game? Are we, what, is, what is this shit, Jay? <laughs> I mean, it's 1990. You already know what it is. <laughs> scrolling action platformer. Yeah, yeah, yeah standard. Yeah. So with the artwork uh, and and the cover art and the manual and shit, the cover art the it's, it's very simple. Essentially, just the 1989 film key art with the slightest hint of window dressing. What's behind Jay there, essentially? And the the word Batman's up top. The bat logo dominates the middle third. And just solid black behind those, and and I never noticed this, but there is some moonlit hue clouds on the lower fifth of the box, suggesting the above shit. The the Batman and the logo are located high in the sky, I guess. And like yeah. you know, like I said, I had this game, and I just it's just one of those little. It's like I've, I've talked about with those Nintendo Power covers. Like you had them, yeah, you had them in your entire childhood, and like they're not the focal point of the image, and you're not you're a dumb kids, so you don't pay attention to everything. And now I pay attention to everything because I'm a psychopath. So you know, like I, I, I looked at it and I was like, wow, I never that you know crazy. Cause th- again, you know, I had this game. This game was in a you know, I this was like a prized possession of mine. <laughs> so you had this game, you owned oh, yeah. it, yeah. and did not beat it growing up. I no, yeah well you know we'll get to that later I I, I thought I did but I didn't <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have this memory that is just stark of after my parents got divorced and I, and I was with my mom in Grafton when we first left Oberlin and I think I got I want to say I got this for Easter or something like just prior to that happening maybe and I remember playing this and leaving the Nintendo on. Like, I pl- playing it all night, leaving the Nintendo on, and, like, putting something in front of the Nintendo to hide the power light. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. so, it, so, and not, you know, I'm, like, I'm an expectation that she's rummaging around my room trying to turn my Nintendo off. But, like, no risk. I don't want any risk. Yeah. I don't want anything coming near the reset button. I don't want, you know what I mean? Like, like that <laughs> level of, like, this is taking forever. I'm really trying to beat this game. And I thought... That I did in that little segment mm. of time, but you know, we'll get to it later. But no, I did not do that. So they also slapped the line the video game below the logo, which surely is just some DC Comics IP legalese imposing its will onto Sunsoft's licensing of the property, I'm guessing. Uh, couldn't find an actual explanation though of specificity. And then the back of the box has a scene from the film, Batman standing on the edge of some building looking out at the bat signal, bat signal being cast into the sky. And a headline reads, he's totally new, totally tough, and he's and he'll stop at nothing to make sure justice prevails. 
And there are a few paragraphs of original copy not found in the manual below that, uh, you know, all of which is pretty good. And I'll only orate the, the last because I thought this one was worth it. This is no kid stuff. This is as real as video gaming gets. If you liked what you saw in the movie, you're going to love what you see here. Because this time around, Batman is all business and he won't let anything, anything stand in his way. <laughs> <laughs> There's also two small screenshots, pretty good choices though. There's a Gotham City skyline shot, moon above from a cinematic, pretty close to what I have behind me right now. Or no, what I had behind me in the first segment, I'm sorry. And the the first boss fight in front of City Hall with Firefly are the two screenshots, and it's pretty good. The manual, which will be in the show notes, as it always is, it's 28 pages with covers, and this manual is absolutely fucking fire. They spared no expense. Mm. It's full color throughout, including huge and well-done screenshots. The layout background is a light shade purple with the Batman logo etched into it in white, you know, so even, like, just not just blank white pages, like, everything about it is... Is, is well done. And this is a pretty funny funny manual to me. There's a lot of weird, unique shit in here that I, I don't recall seeing in any of the things we've read so far, and I'm guessing probably not in many of the ones that we'll see in the future. But the page one kicks things off with a thank you that I wanted to read as well. Please read this instruction booklet carefully before, and that's in bold, starting to play the game. In doing so, you will be able to play the game better and enjoy it even more. Be sure to keep these instructions in a safe place. And there's just a lot there. The, the bolded before is really funny, like really driving that home like, Learn how to play it before you play it, which no kid did. So, you know, it's just, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's almost acknowledging that known fact, you know, like that kids aren't reading these fucking things and they might not know how to play the game as a result. <laughs> you know, and obviously what I envision, what is really behind that is read the freaking manual so you don't play this, get angry, throw your controller, and <laughs> say the game sucks. Like- right, 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 right. And that's what I mean. Like it, it, it's an, it's an awareness that, that you know, I don't know, company, companies in uh, corporate America just doesn't have in general. But, like, at the time, this being such a new business, I don't know, you know, the, you have to envision some kind of, like, market research. They're doing fucking focus groups or something, and they're like, the kids don't know how to play the game, even though they have the materials with which to fucking know how to play the game. And it, <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know, it's, uh, there's, there's a lot going on there. And then the suggestion to keep them in a safe place, alluding to the likelihood of a dumb kid will lose them and be screwed when they need, like, the... <laughs> new controlled or need the control information or something is funny to me too. That reminds you that fucking, you know, this is a, keep this important document. Pages four to five are titled summary of objectives and they are really just bullet points of the state structure and boss battles, but it's a presentation of it. I don't think I've seen before, you know, this like, mm-hmm. again, kind of like almost like a, I don't know, a statement of purpose or something. There's like a, a formality to it, I guess, maybe yeah. more so than you see in a lot of things. So just, again, anytime, like, again, they're just taking the time to theme the instruction manual in a way that makes it a piece of the story, not just a breaking of the fourth wall explanation of technical bullshit, you know? And that's that's really cool. I like when they do that. They also make note of the interstage demonstrations before each stage start, which is referring to the dope-ass cutscenes. I've never heard them termed right. that before, interstage demonstrations. Pages 8 through 13 are a breakdown of the stages. Each gets a full page with what I might say is unequivocally the best capturing of a screenshot in printed form in any manual to date. No question. Uh, it's like very clear, very discernible. No, you know, they always look terrible. Even in Nintendo Power and shit, they usually look terrible. So it's fucking... However they did it, they were breaking the fucking mold there. For some reason, stage 4, Laboratory Ruins, gets two pages. Probably, I'm guessing, just a layout balance thing in the manual you know since the stage count is an odd number but it was still i I still even after playing through the game i was expecting some like really distinct difference and it's Mm. just it you know 
you go from that one state four one. I think it's the break is at four one to four two essentially going from yeah because you're going from the the thing with the screens and shit that's four one into kind of the more electrical space you know with the wires and stuff and that's four one to four two and it's, it's I mean yeah it looks different but there's no like big narrative change there I don't know it's weird. They give you a solid paragraph, a flowery copy, explaining the setting and objectives in each as well. All of it uh, is a good read. I'd recommend. The stage sequence goes as such. Stage 1, Gotham City. The boss here is Killer Moth. Stage 2, Axis Chemical Factory. The boss is the Machine Intelligence System. Stage 3, Underground Conduit. Boss is the Executioner. Stage 4, Laboratory Ruins. Another machine is the boss here, the Dual Container Alarm. And Stage 5 is the Cathedral. Two bosses are found here, Firebug and the Joker himself. Thorough breakdowns of both regular enemies and bosses, each getting two pages, get us to a bat weapons on page 18, and Batman is equipped with his punch at all times, optional weapons to win, (laughs) which is cool wording. There are three. There's the spear gun to shoot a pointed spear at enemies, the batarang, and it's like a boomerang. It's designed to throw the enemy and return to Batman. And then the dirk to shoot in three split directions to beat enemies in a broad area is how that's described. We have bat items on page 19, not doing a lot on pickups, just bonus points, bullets, and those apply to all three weapons. And then life hearts, page 20, goes through jumping mechanics, a short jump tapping the A button, a full jump holding it, and the incredibly well-executed wall jumping. We'll get uh, When we get into the controls, we'll talk about those. And lastly, there are two full pages dedicated to score recording, incredibly excessive for a game like this, where I never once even thought about my score. <laughs> not a not a single time. I'm like every time I pick up one of those bees, I'm like, who cares? <laughs> yeah, those are yeah 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 extra fucking stupid. The, the bonus point pickups, but yeah, even the killing of it. Yeah, it's not really. I <laughs> just no. I mean, I you know, it's just a it's a extension of the arcade uh, aspect of, of video games that is to yep. to to them is the same thing, but the. This is, yeah, feels like an increased um, obsolescence, if that's a word of them. You know, <laughs> you know, like it's extra stupid here. Yep, like uh, even if you were, even if you were, again, all about competition and you wanted to be the prove you're the best at this game, would you really do it based on the random RNG of your drops? Uh, right, or would you do right. it on like the speed with which you could get through right. this game or, yeah. a, you know, minimal lives lost or something? Like, Points just seem, yeah, very pointless here. Yep, yep. For sure. What's the, let's talk about notable history. There's got to be some for this fucking game. So this game, it's funny. The prototype of this game had you defeating Firebug, like, as your final boss. And the art was also different. But then they changed it, obviously, to better reflect the movie. So they made a bunch of changes to make it much more in line with the movie, movie art, movie graphics. And clearly it worked out because, I mean, it was... released to positive reviews and as we know is considered by many players and many reviewers to be one of the most difficult games ever released for <laughs> ever released i would not argue with that the so i mean that suggests that the the project was not incited by the release of the movie if the Joker right. was not the focal point, you know? Right. Like, they were working on the game, working on a Batman game, and then got wind or somebody was like, hey, we're coming out with a movie. And they're like, let's – we got to sync this up, you know? Yep. 
There's an opportunity here. We're going to miss out. Cut on. us a big check and we'll go back to the drawing board. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. That is interesting. Yeah. I, I would have guessed that this project was created solely for the purpose right? of, of marketing. The That's film, what you know? I assumed everything was the bat dance princess song. You figured everything was like one big marketing push, <laughs> you know, at right. the time. Yeah. But apparently not. Well, uh, you know, these don't happen much anymore, but economic analysis did go down for this. Oh, yeah. detail. <laughs> yeah, the the focal point I went with was how much would it cost in 1989 dollars to clean up a dead body that was thrown off a skyscraper? <laughs> oh my gosh, what? <laughs> so I pulled all my data from fixer.com, F-I-X-R.com, which has a handy chart for cleaning up various things that no human being would ever want to. And a link to that what? website will be in the show notes. As is usually the case with the commercialization of vile things, they've cooked up a bunch of meaningless jargon to neuter the experience of discussing these things with customers. So they call this service biohazard remediation, which sounds like a Beetlejuice fucking term. <laughs> and, <laughs> instead, of, uh, instead of scraping dead bodies off of things, which is you know what it would be more literally described as. And it, it includes cleaning up non-dead body things like that term biohazard remediation clean you know it's not just dead bodies but let's be real here we're talking about dead bodies and the so this fucking website you go to it and you know it looks like what uh, i wish i could describe this as funny to me as i found it to be when i first looked at it i don't think i'm capable but it's like you go down the list or the web you scroll down the web page and there's like the section of like the different categories of things that you can hire someone to clean up in this category and they're just they're like they're they're oversized icons that someone had to design you know so like it they're not it should just be a list it, this should just be words there should be no oh we God. don't need a visual aid you know what i mean for this so there's like there's two separate categories <laughs> i don't know, maybe maybe i'll cover that after i explain it but so so okay so one of the categories is crime scene and after death. And that category is priced at $400 to $600 per hour. And these costs are further defined as biohazard remediation is not a one-size-fits-all solution. Different types of materials and issues require various services. Some remediations require combining multiple services to restore the home to its former glory. A different cost is associated with each type of service. This is due to the time, materials, and level of safety that must be considered before the service begins. I just, I, I love that. Dude, I, I, I would book this commercial in a heartbeat reading that copy that way. That was so good, right? That right? Was a, so that professional. Was... <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, in my back of my mind, I'm like, but we're talking about cleaning up. <laughs> that, that's, exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what a good commercial fucking audition is trying to get out of me. Oh, they want man. they want you to literally lull the listener to sleep. You know, they don't they want the listener to not think about what was actually said and just to be so enamored or swayed by the human being that delivered it to them that they just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I'm disturbed. At, like yeah. 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 <laughs> So, there are some options in this category, or, or some other options, rather, that are in this category. There's hoarder cleanup for 25 to 150 an hour. There's unattended death. So, that's a different service. Unattended death means nothing gruesome happened. Someone just died, and no one knew that it happened. So, the, uh, the, go the, clean up the... The body was there the for a while. Yeah. Got it. You know, so... Uh, that's a different deal. <laughs> and then there's also animal waste or remains. And this is, so, you know, I, I told you, those are all priced by the hour, right? So animal waste or remains is priced at 20 to $25 per 50 pound bag. And I think it's just, I think it is just 
such a missed opportunity that they don't price human remains in the same by the pound manner. <laughs> oh, oh, that's so morbid. Oh. It was, just, it was like, oh, again, especially like, like I said, all this, you just got to go look at the website. It's all like there's these icons and it looks, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of a good analogy or a good, good comparison. I, I don't know. I, I, I I'm not sure. I, I'm not coming up. I'm kind with of them, afraid to go look. You just get, you just, like, like I said, they're just you know the un, like the the accidental death is like it's like a guy fucking it's like a you know like one of the like one of the bathroom sign guys like slipping on something. Like, like, oh my god! Like, oh man, I just I was fucking dying, dying doing this. I was laughing my ass off. Which I don't know. I'm sick, fucked, but <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine you listen to this podcast to episode sixty four and not also have enough of a comparable sense of humor to enjoy looking at that website. So if you're listening to this <laughs> and it's not the first time you're listening to this podcast and you're back here for a return fucking visit, then I highly suggest going to the website because <laughs> you're fucked up enough to enjoy it. But anyhow, back to murder cleanups, some more explanation of those. So cleaning up blood and bodily fluid, such as a crime scene is expensive and quite involved. First, many of these sites have sat for prolonged times as there are often legal and investigative protocols that must be followed before cleanup commences. The safety measures required to curb exposure to the hazards make crime scene cleanup costly. Homicide or suicide cleanup costs can run up to 25000 to clean and restore the site. Wow. So, given that the Joker fell from what looks like quite a tall building, and even though the cutscene imagery contradicts this theory, we're going to go with that max number of twenty five k for murder cleanup yeah yeah and the cumulative inflation rate from 2022 to 1989 is a minus 55.5 percent so in 1989 dollars gotham taxpayers would have to pony up eleven thousand one hundred nineteen dollars to clean up joker's pavement mush and i'm thinking maybe they just asked batman batman to cover that maybe it doesn't get pushed right like batman you got this dude yeah yeah like (laughs) I don't know though. You know, I don't know. That's that's tough. That's like oh, I'm. I like to, I'd like to see. I'd like to watch the city hall meeting where that gets decided. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just to finish this out, eleven thousand one hundred nineteen dollars in nineteen eighty nine could buy you, uh, or discussing what it could buy you. I guess the median household annual income was twenty eight thousand nine hundred six dollars. So almost half an annual salary to clean up Joker's mush. Wow. And the average cost of a car was 12k. So just under the average new car purchase to clean up a fucking dead body. stage three theme i'm bringing this into the beginning of or uh, just after hitting power on this fucking game and that starts with the title screen after the de facto licensed property legalese a very nice looking cutscene fires up dope music scoring to match Cutscene starts with a really nice pan across the Gotham skyline at night, offering up some story copy, and then moving into introductions of the Joker, Vicky Vale, and Batman, all of which are spot-on pixelized portraits of the actors in the film, not characters. They are 
portraits of those actors playing the role in the movie, which is... That's to, to even try that on NES fucking hardware is ballsy, and to pull it off is... Ooh. Dude, was it the first time that we had, like, movie-level, you know, captures of people's faces like this in a game? I feel like this is the first time I saw it, and I was like, wow. That's on, really on the NES. Freak- yeah, yeah, probably. Yes, like... You know, I mean, I don't... You can't... You know, it's hard to cross-reference with what might have been going on in the PC world at the time, but I mean, I, I you know, consoles were ahead of PCs at the time. That was part of the... That was part of why consoles... Or so wanted, yeah, yeah, because they fucking they were outperforming. So you know, I mean, it, it may very well be, you know, I mean, and again, the thing about that is that's a subjective thing, right? Of, of whether or not life or whatever, you know. So, but but gr- but graphically, yeah, it's so good. They're yeah, so it's, good. It's next level. Yeah, the the everything aesthetically in this game is just. And this is why seeing this game, playing this game, because obviously I did not own it. Playing this game, not having an NES yet, you're just like. <laughs> my Atari, what, yeah. what what do I do with this thing? My Atari can't do this. It can't make yes. this. This this is like having a fucking Xbox in 22, 22, 22, right? 2022 <laughs> instead of a fucking Oculus. That was really hard to say. 2022. <laughs> oh 2022 is a really hard thing to say. I have not tried to say that out loud, I don't think. 2022. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever you decide to hit start, a nice title screen is provided with a full Tim Burton's Batman rendition, taking up the left entire half of the screen, and then the title treatment up top on the right, and push start below it. They, of course, have to reiterate that this all belongs to DC Comics here as well. And then you hit start, and another, even more fire in my opinion, cutscene rips in with some also straight fire music. This one featuring the Batmobile speeding along, then cuts to reverse from behind it doing the same so you can peep the jet engine spitting fire out the back of it, which is a a nice dramatic cinematic decision. (laughs) Yeah, not only that, but this was like the coolest Batmobile that was ever made at this point. You know what I mean? So like to see it like on the screen like that, it was like, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty fucking dope. So the Batmobile comes to a stop. Batman Dukes of Hazard styles out of it uh, onto the pavement, <laughs> and then we can we get into the game view, and Batman falls from the sky to the ground, and we are playing Batman the video game. So let us briefly speak on controls and HUD. The B button attacks, A button jumps, down on the D-pad crouches, select pauses, one of those weird control sets because start is used to cycle through the four yeah. bat arsenal options and that's a very logical choice actually putting it closer to your right thumb given the frequency you need to use it in the game so excellent choice there your hud is confined to the top left corner where you'll find iconography of what weapon you have selected or it just says batman when you have the punch selected and then your life bar and pausing the game will click this over to your score and remaining life count like in the same place you know in a different the orange font i believe as opposed to the purple that's there when you're playing the game there are some advanced wall jumping capabilities you have that we'll talk about later as the areas where they're used are presented to us. So we are in Gotham City Stage 1-1 here when we first start. And Gotham City is dark and brooding as it's always portrayed. And I like that shit. <laughs> that there's like a very industrial feel and all the foreground platforms have an orange hue to them. And you can, you can see the little divots on them suggesting they're all exposed steel and stuff. The background is greens, grays, and purples, and just they're just subtle outlines of things to give the feel that they can just be seen off in the shadows, you know. It is just, it is flat out great. 
looking NES game at every step of the fucking way, dude. And like, you know, it's funny, like I, you know, I, I played the, particularly this part of the game before I watched the film. And you know, even that like theater thing that you see a few times in that first level is that's in the movie, dude. Like that, that's a theater in the movie. And it's just, it's the one where his parents, where he's putting the flowers mm-hmm. on the, on the sidewalk, you know, fucking, oh God. Where Vicky Vale is super creepily following him and walks up and fucks with the flowers after he does it like fucking creep <laughs> but whatever <laughs> there's also some recognizable city things like a don't walk crosswalk sign you know that theater i mentioned there's a delicatessen sign and there's just a lot of really cool little just subtle efforts to make this like a believable graphically strong yeah it's like when you pause <laughs> yeah. and look at it it's like that looks like compared to all the other games we play that have come out and been released during this time, it just seems superior in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, f- on, to, to other games that have already been released on NES. I, well, oh, I don't yeah, know what dude. that is. I don't know if that's like they just took better well, advantage of the part of it. Part of it's fucking. It, part of it's fucking Sunsoft. They're just good. You know, all their like we're talking about Fester's Quest, where you know, like the, these games. That are, is like, true. That opening fucking cutscene in Fester's Quest was prior to playing this was probably what I said was the dopest looking thing on the system. You know, so like, yeah, the Sunsoft was just on a whole other level as far as the the aesthetic execution of on NES hardware. But even even that stated, I mean, yeah, this is just fucking... Ugh. You put this next to, I, I don't know, man, some of the other games. Clearly, you know, you're not going to be be as bombastic as talking about, like, black box titles at the beginning of the system. But even even comparable at the time, 1990 releases, like, yeah. you know, like even... Pretty con- much anything some- else we've talked about. Contra, yeah, yeah, like, so, yeah. Super C looks great at times. Like there are some really cool mm-hmm. looking parts of Super C, but <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, like fucking Sunsoft. Like you know, if you put like Sunsoft, like you know, like two like two buddies that are good at their jobs together, and like you put them in the same room comparing fucking like pieces of their own work. Like you put Sunsoft and Konami in the same fucking room, and like the Sunsoft dude is just dunking on the fucking Konami <laughs> guy. You know, like you bitch. <laughs> You know, so yeah, it's fucking yeah, it's on a, on a whole other level for sure. Uh. So as you proceed uh, right from the starting point, they dip your toe in slowly, kind of with starting with the the most basic of the basic grunts that just run straight at you, kamikaze style, and past even if you don't kill them with a single punch, so they don't even like turn around and come back to you. And these are called shakedowns in the manual, which is a I think a cool grunt name. <laughs> a lot of the names are pretty cool, I think, even like because a lot of them are not actually Batman rips from the Batman universe, so they're, they're original right. names. And I thought even that level was like you know pretty well done and interesting. I and mean, they have nothing to do with Batman, but just as opposed to I don't know, you know, a lot of that. This type of stuff is often just total throwaway by oh, yeah. by developers. Just like you know, I don't know. I can't even imagine how some of the shit gets cooked up for this stuff. I'm sure they didn't care, but. They also introduce you to heat wave dudes, which are fire shooting soldiers crouched and stationary, and then mobile trackers. And these are little Hot Wheels cars with spikes on top of them that teach you to use your crouching punch attack. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then lastly, there are dead shot enemies. And these are stationary dudes that kneel while they reload their guns and shoot you from afar as you approach. And the strategy with these dudes is just kind of timing their predictable firing schedule, ducking those, and then running up and clocking them in the face before they fire that next bullet, you know. And these are actually, the dead shots are one of the few direct rips from the DC Comics universe for enemies in the game. Though it's a bit weird to me because he's used as just a grunt, kind of seen as a status as a Batman adversary probably warrants him being a boss of some kind. You know, like that's that's yeah. that's the Will Smith character in the, in the whatever Batman that was. Just or whatever, who knows, Justice League, who the fuck knows what that is. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, Suicide I mean, Squad. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
but I, I didn't know anything about him honestly before that movie. So to me, I'm just like, okay, he's a grunge. I, here. He's like, I knew about with him. It, maybe he, he's a, he's a big part of one of those PS3 Batman's Arkham City or something. So oh, okay. yeah, he, it's like a big deal because one, one of the, I think it's, it might be the very first time they teach you about the crime scene analysis stuff, which is a really cool mm-hmm. part of the, that video game. Uh, I think it's a dead shot crime scene where you're like, you're tracking the bullet fragment or bullet fragments and like the, 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 the path of the bullet, you're able to see it with Batman's fucking, ge- uh, fucking tech and stuff. It's really, really gotcha. cool. So, yeah. So I, they, I learned a little bit about him there, but yeah, from the, I mean, I was never, I guess I haven't said that yet, but I'm, I've never been a DC comics person. So I've never really read Batman at all. Um, so I don't really know many of the characters other than the big ones. No platforming is required here, really. It's just a straight shot to a doorway at the end of a short run to the right. And when you enter these doorways, you get a dissolve fade, which is another kind of nod to cinematic um, tone of, of this video game. And then we are into Gotham City, stage one, two. And I think the idea here is you're entering some kind of back alley. You know, there are storefronts in the early going here before you have to work your way upwards. And you are introduced to the mobile home mines. And uh, I don't know why the need the word home in that moniker. <laughs> I don't really. That's I guess homing, <laughs> I guess. I guess homing maybe. Homing the, mines maybe. Yeah. Because they go to where you jump or where right. you're at. Right. Yeah, and, and that's exactly they, they detect your presence once you get a few Batmans away from them, and then they aggro at you. They get a couple flashes of the onboard LED in the middle of them, and then they zoom along the ground at you. So you just kind of you just jump them. The only way to really take them out by wasting them in advance is the spread shot, and that's a, a poor usage of resources, I think. Then it's time to either get acquainted with the wall jump or do the stupid thing. And there <laughs> is a a sheer vertical shaft, which is even it's like they even put it first to incentivize you to choose it or see it or engage it first, however you want to, you know. And then next to that is a series of alternating direction platforms with heat wave enemies perched on them. So if you, if you with the wall shaft, or with the shaft rather, if you jump at one side of the wall shaft and then tap the jump again as you come in contact with it, Batman will briefly clamp onto that wall kind of with like a, I don't know, like with his, he like puts his like, kind of like a kneel, like a side kneel and puts his both hands, you know, as if he like has a Spider-Man maybe... think how Spider-Man would do if he right, was to jump on a wall. Right, right, yeah. And, you know, I'm guessing it's probably like some sort of magnetic gadget that he has in his gear, you know, that would that would, be, that would enable this. But anyways, you uh, he, he'll, he'll briefly clamp onto the wall and then bound off of it at a 45 degree angle up and towards the opposing wall. And you can repeat this process to climb all the way up to the top as you pass the heat wave dudes and the platforming shaft to the right. So this teaches you and reinforces it that using this technique is smart and good, you know, and it works to this. It just, I cannot, again, just like we were talking about with the graphics, I cannot fucking believe how well this works from a control and mechanic standpoint. It just feels so fucking good for an NES control thing you know like everything i is think so- it's because we've had we've played several other games now where you had to wall jump or something and it was just a pain it wasn't exciting think oh, about don't think about, give me think, think, think that's about a curse word. don't you say that you don't say that on this channel <laughs> yeah like it. oh my god but yeah compa- contrasting it to that the wall jumping here is freaking smooth like yeah, it's, it's so i had good. no problems honestly it was more just like 
if I missed a jump, it's because I missed it. I missed oh, yeah, it. exactly. I, you know I, I, I mean? Yeah, I said that to you when we first talked about this. I'm like, it's hard, but it's the kind of hard where you're like, fuck, that's my fault. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you can totally, you have to, I like, I think it's good because it's so responsive. There's times when you have to do the maximum jump back and forth, but then there's times later you gotta, on you yeah. have to do like a short jump and it's like, yeah. oh, fuck, I can't get hit by that blade. But it, yeah. it's still very well done. Very yep. well executed. Executed. Yep. Uh, I'm in, Yeah, I'm inclined to say, despite a faint fear of hyperbole, that it might be the most impressive instance of controls in an NES game. Like, factoring in the complexity of it, the wall jump I'm saying here, factoring yeah. in the complexity of it and how well and predictably you can wield it, I don't know if they do. If there's a better job on NES. You know what I mean? Mm, and yeah. that's fucking... Might be. That's, you know, that's saying a lot. There's a lot of NES games. <laughs> there, there, there are situations where you can use this mechanic in slightly not obvious ways to help with platforming and shit too. And I'll bring these up as as I know them to exist uh, when they arise in the playthrough. But that's, yeah, you mentioned like sometimes you have to do it and just like a, even going up to shafts and stuff in this nuanced way. But yeah, there's also times where, you know, you like I'm looking at right now, I think it's uh, one three or something here maybe where the, or no, this is the, the chemical factory two one where you're, you know, you're like, you have to like slide off the platform and clamp onto it as you're mm-hmm. falling and then wall jump off that to get a little further than you would have gotten with just jumping off the platform, you know, and there's, it's just, yeah, there's just, they, they found, you know, they probably, I want to think that they looked at this and felt it while they were playing. They're like, God damn, this is good. How can we use this more? <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? yeah. Because I would approach those times where you had to kind of slide down and I'm like, this is going to be terrible and difficult. And then it's not. And I'm like, I do. I try it like two times. And I'm like, oh, I got it now. Like, yeah. wow, great. You know, yeah. great. it just works. It just works. Yep. Amen. Anyway, at the top of that shaft, you work your way back to the left, dealing with the little RC cars and ways that force you to like, you have to quickly kneel and attack as they come out of nowhere. You know, you get drop off a platform and then quickly drop down and duck, which is that, you know. That's something you have to employ a lot in this game, and it, it can be a little tricky. Like, I don't know if maybe my USB NES controllers are just, like, a slight... Like, I don't complain about them often, but I do sometimes feel like they're a little shittier than a real NES controller, you know? And, like, the D-pad in particular, when I want to kneel and attack and stay kneeled or maybe even turn while kneeling, you know, like, oh. things like that. Like, I don't always feel like I necessarily get the best responsiveness in those instances and and this game makes you do that a lot where you want to land and immediately be doing something you know with the crouch that doesn't always work out but once up here you get a couple of the enforcer enemies and these are jetpack pricks with machine guns they shoot down at you and these will position themselves reliably if you stay stationary in a movement loop that allows you to just crouch and fire off dirk attacks as they reach the bottom of their flight pattern you know and there's two of the or you either you do two of those dirk attacks and they're toast so that's actually yeah so this was a game you hadn't played much of like is that is that instance where you like? How did you deal with those? Was that so? I was that intuitive to you, or you know? Yeah, and like this part was just so easy to me, and this was very intuitive. But like the first time, so I started this, made it to the boss, and then I started over again because like I kind of just went through willy nilly, just kind of seeing what happened at first, and like ran through all of my weapons, and so I was kind of just punching all the time. I was like, man, this is not the way to do. It. So I started over, went back through it more judiciously. Like, all right, I'm gonna be smarter about this, and punch a lot more so when i got to those guys the second time around i honestly use the boomerangs like i for some reason the boomerangs feel well they're so much like faster the, yeah like the yeah, best return so for best bang for your buck for better right. you know like a better way to use it yep yeah it's funny that you know that's that's something i think also 
because there's this, there's this economy that I guess we haven't mentioned, and certainly it's a huge part of this, the strategy element of this game is, yeah, the Batarangs use one ammo unit, the gun uses two, and the Dirk uses, is it five or three? Three, right? Three. I feel like it's three. It's a lie, yeah. 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 It drains quickly using exactly. bad boys. So, yeah, you, you know, the Dirk is the most effective thing by a mile, but you are always ammo, you know, it's, it's not, it's important... You do have a limited amount. You have 99 is the max amount. And if you are just dirking fucking you know, with no fucking remorse, <laughs> you can fuck yourself and run out of ammo. You know, there are times, boss battles mostly in particular, where it becomes a serious issue. And so I'm not going to say that it's not, you know, I guess what I'm getting at here is I am so often, I've said it a million times with these games, I am always so conservative with, yes. with, with ammunition, you know. So this is a game that incentivizes you like it's it's a great balance of incentivization incentivization to embrace these these gadgets and that's so such a big part of Batman. Like if you were not incentivized to use Batman's gadgets in this Batman game, you would be losing a lot of what makes Batman cool and that is a really nice I don't know, that's a really nice thing to me that even my conservative ass wants to engage the gadgets a lot in the game, you know. So that's cool. And it's really well done. But yeah, there is no question in economy to that. And, you know, you you make these choices very often. Like what you might choose to use the shittier thing, comparatively speaking, because of the economy of it and where you think you're at in a level, how, whether or not you believe mm-hmm. you'll be able to farm more. And, you know, like there, there's there's a constant economy awareness in the game that is really well done. And, and you know, I, I enjoy a great deal about the game. That might be the top thing that was in my mind, like top of mind playing this game was man- constant management of my ammo. And, you know, I'm going to, for the same reasons, like after playing that first boss and realizing like I can't be at a boss with no weapons, this is out of control. So after that, I played super conservative the whole time. I'm going to punch until I realize I need something else, you know, something else is more efficient. Then I'm going to go boomerang because it's automatically, you know, the least going to least use the least ammunition and so yeah that's what i did but i felt like that was constantly the thing that i was always concerned about it's like how much can i do and yeah to your point it's amazing to me that you get to parts of this game and you can actually farm and i'm like you know what because I, I was getting stuck and we'll get to it i think it was a second or third level and i kept getting stuck on this part and then when the thing started dropping from the ceiling it's like i'm gonna just sit here and punch yeah. and i did until i got 99 and i was like all right got that yeah. and some health let's roll on yeah <laughs> yep. so satisfying yeah and then, you know and then and I mean, we're not to it yet, but even the farming, it's, you know, it's not, it's not a guarantee. Like the farming is not turnkey. Like you, it requires skill to make it work. And oh yeah. yeah even, or you even get that, hit often. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even that aspect of the game is like, okay, this is not, we're not, there's no, there's no freebies in this game, I guess is what I'm getting to there, you know? Mm-mm. Yeah. So at the end of that little stretch there, there's another shaft and you have to drop down into a blind pit basically. And then at the bottom a KG beast appears for the first time. And this is just a dude wielding a katana and shuriken ninja options. And he's, <laughs> he's leaning against a wall in front of a store, looking about as casual and cool as a dude in ninja garb and a katana sticking up off his back can look in an urban <laughs> setting. And uh, kudos to them for that. But experienced Batman players will fall against the sheer wall on the right of the shaft and hit the wall jump button just before the end and then pop over to the platform on the left here instead of dropping all the way down. Because if you if you don't 
if you drop all the way down, he aggroes kind of either way, really. But if you mm-hmm. if you drop all the way down, he aggroes and you're on the ground. You're just a sitting duck, basically, for his first couple of attacks. So if you, yeah, if you wall jump off the very, like you have to, I mean, it's literally got to be the last inch of that wall, and then you can wall jump over to the platform. He just he's just basically fucking going berserker on the ground below you, you know. And then in that case, you can more strategically engage his ass and, and it's i mean he's tough regardless he takes quite a few hits but you can stun lock him with bat batarangs and just repeat that till death if you're having trouble going any non-cheese route you know so uh, i i could not hit him at first i was like yeah. can i hit this freaking dude what's yeah. going on he's tough so i, I stocked up on his shurikens and took it down or darks whatever they're called <laughs> so yeah he acts as kind of a like a mini boss for the level, even I would say, and and the last he's the last thing you encounter before running through a short, empty stretch to the exit and getting into the first boss battle. This is Gotham City Hall, stage one three, and this is they all are actually a single screen boss arena, and it's the front steps of Gotham City Hall. This is what's behind me right now, and it looks dope as fuck. The negative space shadow use for art in this game, it's absolutely aces, you know. And the this is again watching the movie. This is a fucking just spot on fucking portrayal of city hall steps in the in the movie where uh i I think they're coming out of a courtroom or something and joker like there's a bunch of mimes that just start showing up in the street batman for some or bruce wayne for some weird reason is just standing there watching this all happen which is fucking weird but (laughs) the uh yeah a bunch of mimes walk up and then joker comes out of nowhere and they end up just shooting Thing. you know it's a really cool scene but it looks just like this as far as the how the city hall steps look so really good job and they also have a specific boss battle tune obviously and killer moth is the boss here also one of the few pulls from the DC Comics universe baddies in the game? He's kneeling at the base of the steps as the screen fades in. His jetpack fires up and he flies up to the top of the screen. And not being a DC Comics reader, it occurred to me I've spent my whole life adoring this game, yet having no clue who this character might have been about. So I thought I'd check out the wiki on him. Hmm. He it's pretty damn interesting, as it turns out. He was an unidentified prisoner reading a newspaper article about Batman and decides to set himself up as the anti-Batman, hiring himself out to Gotham criminals to help them evade police capture. So, what? he co- yeah, he cooks up the disguise <laughs> of Mothman, and he uses his illicit gains to build a Batcave knockoff from the pictures of it that were also in the newspaper. Which begs the question, how the fuck did those get into the newspaper exactly? Right? The, the like, the who's picture. putting... Is that Vicky right. Vale? Right. That's right. <laughs> Probably Vicky Vale, yeah. And her creepy ass. He even devises an infrared moth signal, a knockoff of the bat signal idea, to give to criminals to call him because they didn't have cell phones yet, or beepers even. And seen as he first appeared in 1951, I guess that's worth mentioning as part of that. He would even further bite off Batman's shtick, concocting a fake millionaire philanthropist identity, Cameron Van Clear, that would even befriend Bruce Wayne at one point. So he's uh, quite the... The fucking espionage infiltrator. Right. Here in the video game, he has a jetpack and flies between the two upper corners of the screen, stops and throws down a four-pronged projectile attack before swooping down towards the center of the screen and then back up. And I don't even remember ever battling any way other than a very easy no-threat-to-Batman cheese tactic that I must have picked up who knows where. Or maybe I devised it, I don't know. But 
You saddle up all the way into the bottom left corner. You just crouch down, and you wait for him to swoop towards you and pepper his ass with the dirk, basically. And from here, neither his swoop or his projectile can hit you, and the only modicum of difficulty is timing the dirks with his swoop before you fucking yeah. waste too much ammo. But, I mean, you got to be really bad at it to run out of ammo. <laughs> here. I guess maybe a half dozen of those attacks. Take care of it. How was your first bottle? Yeah. First bottle? What the fuck is that? How was your first boss battle? <laughs> it wasn't bad. Um, yeah, like I said, I came here without weapons the first time, and I was just like trying to punch him. I was like, this is nuts. So when I came back, I, you know, he would shoot, and I found a spot, probably, if I'm looking at the city hall steps, probably like the second stone from the left, and he would shoot and miss me with his projectiles. Yeah, yeah, and I can okay. just stand there, same thing, and just hit him with the dirks. Oh, so it, yeah, so it's essentially the same idea, but but that's that's cool that there's another spot, I guess, that where the swoop the swoop doesn't get you there. If I hit him, no, because he oh. like because he'll oh, use yeah. one side and he'll swoop me. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, that, and I mean, I, yeah, that, that, I never thought to use it with this guy, but that is a boss strategy that is hugely important to understand, particularly late in the game. That when the when you hit the boss, he has a moment of you know flashing. Where if he touches you, he does not hurt you, you know, and that that is a strategy later in the game that you need to employ. So that is worth mentioning. That's cool that you discovered it here. <laughs> so when he is fragged, you get the multi-explosion boss death animation, which has more going on it than just the regular baddie one. We didn't mention that. But yeah, when you kill the enemies in the game, they have like this little explosion, this really quick explosion <laughs> uh, animation that is kind of cool. And, and, you know, another, another instance of... Like that comic book thing where, like, no one's dying here. They're just, you know. Uh, right. <laughs> like, is this a mo- killer moth robot? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, these are. You're not killing people here. And then it cuts to some animated cutscene action. And that is the Batmobile cruising shot we saw before stage one. But here the machine gun compartment covers come flying off. And it starts popping off machine gun rounds. And that's not very eco-friendly, Jay, seeing as those compartment covers <laughs> are likely not made of any sort of biodegradable material. And even if they were, it would still constitute senseless littering, I think. So, oh, yeah. That, that's something He's to Batman. Disc- We're going to let it go. That's something to discuss with Bruce and Batman, I think, <laughs> at the next, uh, the, next, the next fucking chapter meeting. The, <laughs> well, what, what they are shooting here is a steel garage door, and they cut a perforated line across the middle of it that allows the Batmobile to drive through and screech to a sliding stop inside of the Access Chemical Factory. And this is a direct rip from the, from the film as well. Like that shooting of the garage door thing is, is, is something that happens in the film. Very, very fucking cool. And like... Again, not remembering the movie well and having played much of the game before I played it, when I saw that scene, I was definitely like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, it was, it was very, it was very satisfying the how easily discernible and direct of a representation I recognize that to be from the video game version of it. You know, like, again, we're talking about like yeah. their ability to, portray things from that movie with pixel art is fucking crazy that you can recognize anything (laughs) you know so really fucking cool little moment when i was watching the movie and yes we are in axis chemical factory stage two one and it's an internal industrial space less purple in favor of more greens as far as the color palette goes which makes a lot of sense toxic substances are everywhere and there are steel platforms little railings pipes exhaust fans pools of toxic waste waste uh, drippings coming from above so on and so forth 
After a couple of the grunts from stage one, we get the new grunts. These are Night Slayers, and that's an incredible name. And there is a Night Slayer in the DC Universe, according to the wiki, but he's a martial artist burglar, and these enemies are slow as fuck, so I don't think this is really a direct pull effort on their behalf. The manual description for Night Slayers is, his movement is slow, but his nail is sharp. You work to the right at the beginning of the stage, and then back to the left for a row of precision platforming populated with a few Night Slayers, and then back to the right yet again. You have to deal with a handful of heat waves and RC cars up here, as well as do some wall jump and or tactful navigation navigation of jumping out from under low ceilings. And one of these is a long jump over a waste pool. And this is one of those moments I was talking about where you have to like slide off the platform, uh, latch onto the side of it, and then jump off if you want to actually get across the gap and not land in the waste, you know, so... Um, need to get that's that's cool to me like that's not even like oh my gosh they made it difficult (coughs) like it's difficult but it's like okay i got this this is a good difficult okay and yeah i guess maybe that's another like i'm probably gonna keep asking you this but like did you into it that yes yeah that's cool yeah i mean you look at it and you're like there's no way that i can get across here any other way like that's got to be the way so it's pretty yeah it's pretty easy to figure out so i got to give them kudos to that that it's not one of those things where you know some games you get to a ravine like that and you're just like what the fuck man you're like how do i do it but this i didn't die i was just like all right clearly i have to do this yeah that's cool that's fucking great so yeah another instance great job sunsoft (laughs) uh so yeah you you need to get even more proficient at this mechanic in 2-2 so it's it's a nice relatively safe opportunity to warm you up to that and that's cool the exit door is just beyond that stretch and you move into stage 2-2 of the chemical factory and this area is greener the orange is gone and there's now more of a kind of a computer circuitry vibe going on it's complete with some exposed wiring emanating electricity capable of frying your ass <laughs> and there is a short uneventful climb that gets you to the first meeting with javelin enemies and these are squatty machines that shoot a claw out in front of them at a pretty rapid clip and I, you just battering these things I think is the solution for those and you got that's kind of the thing with any, any sort of you know you can't it's there's no you can jump across and punch you know you can do a crouch and punch or something to get some of these enemies sometimes when they're they're like on a platform that you need to get to but in almost all instances you're dumb not to batarang then things get wall jumpy having to use that to get across both horizontal and vertical spaces and the platforming shaft populated with purple night slayers as opposed to the green scheme ones in 2-1 requires you to climb with wall jumps from one sheer wall to the sides of the platform too busy with electrical hazards to actually jump up onto. So this is one of those moments where you first have to, yes, start latching out of the wall in a way where your next pogo to the platform side will land you on the side of the next platform, not onto it. So often what that requires is almost like this, like quick bounce back and forth where you let yourself fall a little bit to better position yourself for the next jump. And that, especially later on when they complicate it with other things, that is really where you separate the men from the boys on Batman, the video game, you know, yeah. <laughs> like your, your ability to time that stuff. And, you know, there are instances even where you got to do that batarang. You got to jump low enough to stay below a projectile fire from the enemy, batarang them, then fall back down and catch yourself on the wall and rinse, repeat that. So you're able to kill them on the platform with the batarang before you can cleanly jump up there, you know, and like that, 
Yeah. That, sh- that shit is hard. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is hard. So, yeah, this is it's warming you up to it. Uh, yeah, this moment is not necessarily hard, but there's no question. Uh, it's an evolution of using your wall jump than you, you previously had. And when it feels, when you nail them, it feels so good. <laughs> so the the last stretch in here requires you jumping out over charged floors and avoiding a block right above your head, which means you can't pussyfoot the jump. You have to run and hit the A button at the last possible moment and then wall jump onto the block in front of you, then bounce back onto the block you had come out from underneath, you know? And like, again, it's just like little things that are just like, oh, how about another little nuance? How about another little... Little bit of extra, let's let's dabble a little bit, an extra little spice on the flavor of that, you know, and let's yep. let's let's see how you you deal with it, you know, and it's it's fucking good video game design. Um, they uh, they anti uh, they up the ante on these by having the runner enemies over at the on the platform of one even that you're trying to get to, you know. Uh, and there's a couple of these moments before in a row before you get to the exit door. And then we are into stage two, three of the chemical factory. And the third phase of access is working your way through a processing facility in my pixel interpretation. And these are like conveyor belts, exposed gears, shit like that, you know. And they start us off here with the first drop claw in the game, another one of the automatons. And yes, these cling to the ceiling. They drop bombs intermittently. And you can punch them in midair as they fall, which will produce pickup drops. And you can get three of them to accumulate the, like, if, if you keep punching it, punching them as they fall and three of them accumulate without you picking the, the pickups up, the drop claw will stop dropping shit. And that's how you create like a little bit of a longer opening to get through them or deal with something else that might be there, whatever it might be. Uh, but yes, it also, what this means is they allow for health farming or even ammo farming if you need it, you know? So those are like a curse and a blessing, I guess at times right. when, when you see them in games or in the game rather. They're a pain, man. Like, every time I saw them, they were always a pain until yeah. the one time where I was like, I could use some health. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. The one yeah. time. Otherwise, every time I see them, I'm just like, ah, let me just get past this thing. Yep. So there are some of those and then some platforming with heat wave cats to deal with and jumping down gear line shafts blind where you have to steer yourself in the air away from the gears to avoid damage. You know, on like both sides of a shaft, you have to like steer yourself to the middle of them, you know, as you work your way to the exit and the stage two boss battle. <laughs> stage two four. And it is also a single screen boss arena as they all will be, but it's a very different situation than the first stage's boss battle. So you're battling what's called the machine intelligence system in the manual. And... The description is three targets. Electric current controller. When destroyed, the movement stops and Batman can move freely over the otherwise moving pillar. And then a cannon. And lastly, the nerve center is awakened after the first two targets are defeated. So it's three different machinations scattered around the screen that you have to deal with separately. And it's a really cool deviation from standard boss fare in an action platformer, I think. The first obstacle is the guns directly in front of you when you like you drop in on this little platform to the in the bottom left corner and there's these two guns right in front of you, one at head level and then one at knee level for Batman and they randomly alternate which one's shooting and it is luckily a slow enough rate where you can jump them and get a shot off in between. It's tight, but it is doable. Yeah. <laughs> and if you kneel and fire with the pistol, you can hit both of them at once. So, you know, that cuts the bolts you have to use in half and it leaves you more ammunition to play or for playroom with the latter phases of this thing. And that is, it, you know, it ups the difficulty 
it's it's again like I mentioned the the, the crouch and attack thing is one of the trickier um, mechanics of of the game. So doing that, if you you know are incentivized to do that or you clocked it and, and tr- are trying to do it, it it makes it much harder and a little more frustrating. So, but you, yeah, again, like the economy of your ammunition is so important, especially in this boss battle because of the way it is. So you, you know, you're, you're, it's not actually like I would eventually sort out a solution where it became less of a thing. But like when I first got in here, I didn't remember how to do it. And I definitely had a bunch of like, fuck, I don't have enough ammo for this. And like load state, <laughs> you know, even I died so many times, dude. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I would get hit by a bullet, like trying to crouch and hit them both. I'd get hit by a bullet because I just poor timing or I try to jump down on the platform below. Oh, uh, you wasted on there. And then I get hit. I'd like accidentally hit one of the spikes and the little thing. Like I would just, yeah. so many like deaths and stuff on this level. I was just like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It can be frustrating for sure. So you, once you get those out of the way, there's a sensor in the top left with a conveyor belt directly in front of it, but the conveyor belt is guarded by four overhead guns that shoot directly down on top of you. Kind of like they're like really slow. It's almost, they almost like look like a drip you know, yeah. uh, of, of something, but they're directly above you. And if you go onto that belt, you're taking damage. There's just no way around it. So I do a little mini wall jump off the side of the belt. And then you can land on the smallest of pixel widths in front of the electrical column on the upper right. And you can just, from there, you can just pop the sensor with, it still, it still requires some skills. You have to do, it's, it's a tap jump. Yep. Not a full jump. If you do a full jump, you jump too high and you can't hit it. So, yeah, you got to do that little A a tap jump. And you also have to time your bullets to go between the things coming down or it will kill your bullet. So, yeah, this is this is no – even even with this, like, I guess it's kind of a quasi-cheese, it, it's not – I don't it. think it's a cheese. I did it the same way. To me, that was the way to do it because like, <laughs> you went on the conveyor belt, you're going to get hit from something yeah. dripping on you. Like, wh- right. why would you go there at all, you know? Right. Fair. <laughs> So the moment that sensor blows up, the charged column behind you on that platform disappears and the sensor behind it opens up to reveal a three-direction spread shot gun that will pop your ass. And yeah, this is the part, like I remember those first two parts almost instinctively, you know, mm-hmm. but at this phase of it, yeah, I had like, it took me quite a few trial and error wax at it before I was able to cook up the optimal solution, you know, which... Uh, you know, involved, yeah, completely expending my ammo and thinking I was just fucked, basically, or mm-hmm. just dying because you're getting shot. And I, what I eventually sorted out was you can walk right up to it. And if you kept just the per, and it is like, it is, again, it is pixel perfect. I don't think if you're too far, if you're, if you're one step, if you're one pixel back, I think the bottom bullet is hitting you. And if you're one pixel forward, it'll hit you by contact, yep. you know? 100%. So yeah, it's, yeah, it, it is a pixel perfect thing, but you can crouch beneath the gunfire on that pixel and just stand up after it passes and do a short hop. And this again, another short hop, not a full hop, a short hop, and punch the sensor and then crouch back down and rinse and repeat. You know, and this is an, again another instance where it still was hard for me once I figured this out because my crouching is just not was not perfectly reliable. You know, um, you can sometimes crouch and be facing the wrong way, and then you're not you're not you have to hit right before you can. Or, like, you have to turn back, which moves you, of course, you know, and that means you're getting hit, you know. So, like, it, it requires the tapping jump and then coming back down and making sure you crouch to the right, not crouch to the left, you know. So, it's it's yep. uh, not uh, pretty tricky. I'm assuming that, that was how you dealt with that third Dude, phase Dude, we well. did it the exact same way. Exact same <laughs> way. I, before doing the run up and hit it thing, I tried going back to the original platform yep, at the beginning. Me too. 
Me too. Like that's jumping. I was like, okay, I got. I'm distance. I'm far away. I can just jump and shoot it. But I was getting so little hits in because it's so hard to get the optimal yep. height jump and yep. get, get the gun and, and not get and, and, hit. And, and that's how to hit something. And that's a dirk. You have to use the dirk to do that. So that's the obviously the higher ammunition exp- uh, expending. So, but I was trying the spear gun at first. Like I was trying the gun oh, at really? first from a distance, and that was even poorer. So I was like, forget yeah. it. And then finally, I figured out the same thing. I was like, let me run up here. Died a couple times trying to get the right spot, but once I found yeah. it, I was like, okay, punching this thing, and then I was yeah. done. Finally, yeah. this place was a bitch, man. I hate this level. <laughs> Died much more. Like you look at it. And because it's not a traditional boss, at least I looked at it and thought, okay, I got this. You know, I'll take everything out. Because different games have switched it up like this, Super C, Contra, sure. Mega Man. And you're like, all right, I can take this out. Yeah, Shinobi had the one, the train. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but like I died several times <laughs> trying to take yeah. it down. So. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's just recency bias, but I thought about Shinobi a lot when I was playing this game. Mm. Maybe because they're both hard as fuck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> In any event. Uh, there's a very short cutscene for that. There's no Batmobile or city sites, just a single card of your first interaction with the Joker. And it's just a portrait of the monster, long-barreled Joker pistol-pointed at our POV, and the catchphrase that is probably the most memorable from the entire film, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? And that is followed up with an evil ha-ha-ha and ellipses. And then the portrait flashes mostly all white, except for a visible muzzle flare on his gun. The next stage is the underground conduit. This is stage 3-1. And the underground conduit is a really fancy way to say sewer, which is what this stage is. And it looks stellar, of course, as they all do. There are drainage pipes, underwater turbines. Uh, blue water brings that color into the green-orange palette we've been you know, seeing a lot of, so that's a nice change visually. And you bump into one of the more savage of standard enemies early on here, the Jader. And the manual description of these is, Joker made this biological weapon to jump on Batman. And that is how they roll. They are huge, apish fuckers that jump around on all fours with an intent to just kamikaze into you, you know? Such a pain. (laughs) Yeah. The Batarang is the the best method for dealing with them, seeing as they are too quick-moving and heat-seeking to use either of the slower bat gadgets. And these things will jump right up and down directly on top of you if you let them, like not run out of the way. You know, like often kamikaze enemies are kind of just like they'll blow through you and then go pass through and then come back. Like these motherfuckers will heat zero in on you and just up and down (laughs) to fucking pound your ass, you know. So uh, the, the one the upside to that is, though, they are overzealous enough that you can fake them out. Mm-hmm. And run run one direction and then turn back once they're in the air because their jump is when, when they're when they're jumping, um, doing you know the long jump and not a, not a straight up jump. It 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 it's slow enough where you can use that to your advantage, you know. And then yeah, yeah you well, when they're in there, tar- use enough uh, get enough room to, to hammer them with the batarang. So. We have those, and then we have heat waves and RC cars here and there too, and they pair a couple of the cars with jaders in ways in the stage that are a real bitch to deal with, you know, uh, where you, you know, you, again, you're, you have to do that fucking crouch attack to deal with the RC things. And that slows you down immensely and, you know, uh, nullifies, nerfs your dexterity. So yeah, oftentimes the best thing is just to try to run through them, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> because it, it's really fucking hard to, to, to deal with both those things at the same time. Caused quite a few deaths in my play. Uh, but it's it's pretty much a straight shot right left to right to to get to the exit on three one and then you were into three two and this is more sewer action the color palette switches over to a green pink yellow and the water goes to green here so we're in a murkier murkier sewer I guess uh, 
And gameplay is relatively similar, though. Uh, there's the enemies, same enemies, paired with platforming complications by their locations, you know, so or with their locations. And then the end has a pretty cool wall jumping sequence where they add difficulty by covering stretches of each side of the shaft that you got to wall jump up with a layer of shit. Like there's no enemies, but they they cover each like random stretches of each side of it with a layer of shit that sticks out and forces you to perfectly time free falls and wall jumps to work your way up, you know, uh, which you know. Also may have, because there's no enemies, may have literally just been a teaching tool that if you haven't, like if you went through that part, and I think it's 2-2, where there's the night slayers on those platforms and you got to time your your thing back and forth. If you're able to get through that without really internalizing that skill of, you know, dropping and using where you're dropping to, right. to, your, to your advantage of where you're going to end up on your next wall jump, you know, that few moves ahead chess mindset uh this will force you to like really focus on that i think and that's probably what they're thinking here is to teach you that yeah this was this was honestly the first level where i started like saves coming and i was just like ah like and not even because the wall jumping itself itself was hard because like there were times that i would make mistakes wall jumping you know on that part but then there were times I would get hit by something. It was just like stupid mistakes. I was just like, ugh. Yeah. Like at this oh, yeah. point, I'm like, am I having fun you, right now? Dude, don't you know. don't have to say that way. I haven't mentioned it, but I am. Yeah, I'm safe. Safe's coming by now for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, tried make, I tried to make it like pretty, pretty solid all the way until here, and then I was just like, I can't keep doing this. It's taking up too much time. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. You know, I. I'm revisiting this, and I want to get an authentic experience. Uh, but I also, I mean, I guess I just know better. I did, you know, I, I, I have, <laughs> I have enough experience with it I, where I just know better. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I, I was not, I was not bringing that negativity, that toxicity onto myself. <laughs> you know, I'm fucking smart, very coming. smart. You own yeah. the game. So you were, you had a leg up. So you knew what, right. you knew what you're getting into. Whereas I had vague recollections and memories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then we move into stage 3-3, and this is a cavern deal that you have to ascend through, and towards the top of that climb, some industrial shit starts working its way in, pipes and exhaust fans, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And the only new enemy in, he- enemy in here is the EEV, and this is a huge tank machine that drones back and forth, popping off fireballs at a downward trajectory, and the clip is pretty rapid, so jumping to avoid them is tough, I would say. So a better method I found was getting in close, and they're always on a platform that's a little higher than the one you're preceding it. And like you know, they're they're attempting to to best deploy that downward trajectory firing and that you know uh, and that idea, and then hopping up to batarang between shots basically is how I would deal with them. Although I was just watching a playthrough and the the guy was like really aggroing at them with a punch, and they kept they would keep backing up if you if you pushed into them, and it, yeah, which is you know. Looked effective, but super ballsy to just do that. <laughs> I did not experience that at yeah. all, man. Yeah. I was freaking – those things would hit me, especially on, like, the first time you see them. It's like the shots come in out of from out of screen. Right. So you just, yeah. if you're just going through, it's like, oh, what just yeah. happened? Holy shit, right, yeah. But I hate those things, man. I would – I felt, like, again, like the battering was great for that. But at the same time, I would notice, like, a – Definitely a cheat, definitely a trick. What are we what are we calling this? Where if I stayed kind of farther back at the edge of the screen a little bit and like walk forward a little bit, sometimes they would just disappear. You might glitch them off, yeah. I was just like, oh, that's, get rid of those that's, things. That's uh <laughs> you know That's a like, cheese, and I'm I'm I don't know, no, like what, what I'm gonna say is, what I was gonna say is <laughs> I 
you know, you are not Batman. I like I don't ever, even as a child, I was never so immersed in these games where I was. I, I'm appreciative of efforts to immerse me, but I'm never not the Nintendo player with the accumulated life experience of Nintendo playing playing this game. I'm never not that even as a child. <laughs> so what I have me using my accumulated knowledge of this workspace, this 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 environment that I am engaging this this computer code in, like mm-hmm. that's not no. Like if I'm if I'm smart enough to to know those things and use them, like that that's uh, that's good on me. <laughs> you know, that's that's not that to me that's not a cheese. That is that's that's the benefit of being an experienced Nintendo player that you should have the advantage of. That is, that is, you know, that is, that is not a skill set that you should just not use. Like Josh Allen, <laughs> just because he's a cheat code at running doesn't mean we don't include that in his accomplishments. Like, <laughs> you know, like, fuck you. Like, he's good at that. Like that. He worked at that his whole life to get good at that. Fuck you. <laughs> you know, that's, like that's it. part of what, that's part of who he is. So yeah, no, no, no don't call that cheese. That's good Nintendo play. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely use that. Cause they were piecing me up and I was like, if I could just make this dude disappear. Great. Moving on. Yeah, dude, I played this game all my life. I didn't, I've never tried to do that on them. I've never, never occurred to me to try to do that so great job yeah so you uh, pan back and forth a few levels uh working your way up the cavern and then you get to this narrow cliff pipe shaft deal that's populated by heat waves and exhaust fans on the pipe and this is again like they you know talking about that teaching moment in the stage prior of working your way up that shaft this is where you know the stuff's not sticking out from the pipe but the spacing on the exhaust fans that you have to avoid or take damage from is just essentially, I mean, it's not random. It's fucking, they're, they're in the same place at all times, but the spacing on them essentially based on the scaling of Batman's wall jump is completely random. So you have to absolutely get good at like letting yourself fall, latch it onto the thing. And like the platform sticking out of the, there are platforms sticking out at times that you like, you got to work your way around to and like can absolutely, you can hit your head on or, you know, like whatever, not <laughs> only have a moment to latch on to and then you have to get over if you want to latch on the pipe below them and there may be an exhaust fan there. So yeah, this is a, I save scum my ass off through that part, essentially, I guess oh, is what yeah. I'm saying. Cause yeah, that's a super tough little stretch there, even though the heat waves are obviously cake enemies. So once you get up to the top of that little climb, there you work your way back to the left, and there's a single EEV, and then you're at the boss battle door. And stage 34 is a cavern-themed arena with a couple platforms up above that you can use to avoid the fray if so desired, though I don't think it really gets you out of the out of, out of the shit. So no. they're not really worth it, I don't think. And your adversary here is the Electrocutioner. And the main description for him is this boss is self-electronic... <laughs> This boss, this boss is a self-electrogenic man, the strongest warrior on Earth, who is capable of transmitting a moon attacker, a 10 mega-giga volt killer beam, out of his arm. And that, kids, is the most insane English sentence ever written. What? Mega-giga? <laughs> what? Right, yeah. I'm like, yeah. did you misspeak there? What was yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's verbatim. Creative, though, so good job, but it's an insane sentence. And it's very comic booky though, too, you know. Yeah. A sprite roughly twice the size of Batman, and he jumps back and forth and tosses out a large moon-shaped projectile that's way too tall to hurdle. And what was your strategy with this dude, Jay? So I died several times. <laughs> because his, his moon-shaped thing is so big, you know, I, I try to jump over it. 
I tried clearly to jump across the wall or, you know, wall jump over top. He was still hitting me. I'm like, man, what the heck? And, like, I feel like I stumbled on the way to beat him by accident, just trying stuff and just, you know, dying every time. And so one time I jumped across the other side, you know, and he was still facing the other direction. And I used the the spear gun and, like, stunned him, but he kept facing the other direction. So I just kept shooting him. And, like, as long as I kept the same pace, he stayed the other direction. I'm watching the, the playthrough so, video I'm watching. That's They got him to do that, and that is... I don't know how it happened, but I was like, yeah. he keeps facing... But, like, I, I messed up the pacing, and he turned back around and fought me, and I died. So I tried it again, and, like, if I try to shoot too many times, he, like, turns and goes after me. But if I, like, keep, like, a two-shot pacing, okay. he stays that direction. So, I don't what, know why. What was the action again that got him to... That made him do it. So I jumped over him. You know how he does the jump across the room. Mm-hmm. You know, I went across the, I wall jumped over the platforms to jump over his head. And so he's still going at me where I was and does his slice thing facing where I was. So I'm hitting him in the back and he just keeps getting zapped and, and keep trying to, he keeps trying to fight where I was. So I'm hitting him in the back and it's like, his, uh, it's so, stunning. So him. is he in, 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 in your situation, is he positioned on the left side of the screen or the right? He's, he's now on the, left side of the screen facing the edge of the screen <laughs> okay because yeah. in the playthrough video he has him doing this on the right side of the screen so ah. yeah whatever i guess that works either direction which is cool you know that it's not just like a fucked up code glitch on the right or something you know yeah so, so that's an actual thing in his behavior that is predictable so i took cool. that as like hey you can hit him in the back like that's his vulnerability because i'm like the fact that i could do this multiple times trying it because I, I came there i think i first came there with maybe like two two bits of health, so I was like, "Yeah, I might have to like save this, some and go back." This is bit. this is not gonna work out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. But like the fact that I could come back and reliably like, okay, like once I got the cadence down, like this keeps happening, so it's gotta be his vulnerability. Hit him in the back. Otherwise, I don't know how you beat him, or I guess how, I should ask, how did you beat him? Josh? Yeah, I didn't figure that out. So for me, it was just hard. Uh, the best I could come up with was just taking the lumps in the middle of the arena and just spamming the fuck out of him with batarangs. And oh. yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I tried to get up to the platforms thing, but I could not find an efficient way of attacking him that didn't leave me exposed to him clipping me for the jumps. So like, I, I just, I, I uh, determined those platforms to be useless, you know. So I, yeah, I he still clipped me. They didn't yeah. seem like they were the, the solution to anything until <laughs> until I stunned him in the back, and I was Got like, oh, there. maybe that's what I need. I'm Otherwise, surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised that he moves so slowly that you have an opportunity. Like, I, like, I'm trying to envision that battle, and to me, I don't have time to get down and behind him and actually shoot him, especially with the – I mean, that's the slowest. Well, he would he would hit me and get there, and you would think he would turn around and face me because I'm on, now on the other side. But, like, somehow, like, when he gets there, he still does his move facing does the another, other direction. Okay, so he does another yeah. attack, and that gives you the time. Okay, copy. Yeah. Okay. It, didn't, it doesn't seem like it should work, but it worked. <laughs> Word. Again, fucking – Figure out the fucking glitch in the Matrix. That's half the battle. So the cutscene after this dude is just another Joker still shot with some copy. It's the Joker look from the art gallery scenes, the poofy hat and whatnot. And he says, welcome, Batman. Why don't you look at my latest work of art? After these messages. We'll be right back. The adventure continues. Now with Batman, the serial Slow him down. Nothing can stop him from bringing it to you. It's here. A smashing taste. A honey nut flavor part of your complete breakfast. Batman cereal.
That is a Batman the Serial commercial from 1989, as you might have gleaned from the audio. It doesn't look particularly good. My best guess, I mean the serial I'm saying, not the commercial. Uh, my best guess is it's a Captain Crunch knockoff. And what it most looks like in the grainy video anyways, that's what that's what I would guess it is. Uh, do you, you look like you are fucking disgusted with I'm saying this and you remember it. Do you, did you have the cereal and you liked it? Uh, yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> I sit up here and act like it was not delicious. Like uh-huh. every other sugary cereal that I coveted as a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, was it Captain Crunchy? No, it wasn't. But it was like, there's got to be a cereal that I can think of. There was a lot of cereals that were based on like video games, like Super Mario Brothers cereal stuff yeah. that tasted like the same. It was the same thing. So if yeah, you had yeah. like Super Mario Brothers cereal, like it tastes like that. Okay. You know, like if you ever had that very, very still corn sugary cereal, you know, yep. very similar. But it was yep. delicious. I'm not going to hate. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I stand corrected. I don't, I don't recall it at all. I'm not even sure. I like, you know, it's the kind of thing where like, there's no way I didn't have that at some point, right? There's no way I made it like, I'm not saying I went to the grocery store every time, but if I was in there one time, I'd have been like at least once, like, like we got to try this one time. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We got to beat this out for sure. Uh, so, you know, but yeah, I don't remember ever having it. So we're moving now into the laboratory ruins, stage four one. And this is a cold industrial vibe in here, uh, as this game goes, with a pink and gray color scheme. And the music here has a serious Castlevania vibe for me. Mm, I can see that. I can see that. The There are suspended animation tanks here and there, because any movie laboratory has to have those. <laughs> you know, or like the brains and fucking... Uh, saline solution with bubbles floating up around them and the beginning is just plain fucking hard of this they combo jaders with drop claws and mines to make for ultra fucked juggling axe <laughs> yeah. that's the same i feel like it's the same thing we've talked about before it's like how are we going to make this harder yeah. we got them used to the jumping we got them used to the enemies now we're just going to pile it all together and uh, make gonna, you deal with gonna, everything we're going to drizzle this on <laughs> <laughs> just put it all in a pot together and have yeah. to deal with it yep so after you come out of that, you get one of the more iconic images from the game, the background stretch of television screens with the Joker gifs looping on them. And other than that, it's just more Batman the video game, I would say, this level. Yeah. So we move into stage 4-2, and this is a green-yellow-gray palette, less labby, more electrical wiring-ish. And the manual calls this the storage room, an almost empty warehouse with research engineering tools and equipment, energy conduits, and power driving motors. And those are just like words, just lots of words. Right. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just mechanical fucking, names. Yeah, <laughs> the adjective, noun, verb, <laughs> verb, noun. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what this tells me? This tells me if I ever decide to be a writer of anything, whether it be a story for a game, movie, book, like, I just gotta say words. If I don't know what it is, just make up stuff. Oh, dude, just, it's, as long it's, as you throw a bunch of technical half terms together, we're good. Yeah, it's it's right click the thesaurus, just pick one randomly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's fucking. It's not. Uh, it's not like. I don't know. It is not heavily crafted. Fucking, you know, <laughs> it's not like they're not sitting around fucking really cooking up the most impactful word choice here. They're just like, right. pick one, pick one, pick one, pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Let's roll. 
So first up is a wall jump obstacle course across a floor of grinding gears, and that is my best guess of what the hazard is, anyhow. And you then have to work through some tunnels with the gears, limiting how high you can jump over the shit they put in your way. Again, just kind of just more Batman the video game, not really a lot to talk about here, I don't think. And that gets us into stage four, three. More laboratory ruins. And we are back to red-gray colors, and they tantalize you by putting a little exit sign visible across a gap you can't possibly get across right at the beginning of the <laughs> stage. The fuckers that they are. And the manual calls this the thermal processing plant. And the stage starts with a long descent where they pair up gaps with alternating on-off electrical charges barricading them, and then drop claws in the areas as well. And it was it's like, because of the way Batman goes off the edges of things, and the way the electrical charges work, you have to actually jump in the holes to avoid damage. You can't just slide off. And like even if you were to slide off, Batman's, you know, the way he just walks off things, I guess because of the cape or I don't know, like, you know, because of that, like, falling motion not being, you know, Mega Man fast, I guess. Yeah, I was about to say he's not having Mega Man slide. <laughs> right, right. So because of that, the way you fall, you need to time your jump understanding the couple beats that are going to happen before you pass through where the barricade is, you know? So like, it's just, it's just a heightened level of timing required of you that is really compounded difficulty wise because of the dropping claws being in there too. And those are also so timing based, you know? So like, it's just, it's just a lot for a human brain to comprehend (laughs) or to process, I think, you know, and it's tough. Makes for I just hate any level where you're starting off and you're dropping down. Yeah. That is just the most like unnerving. Where I was like, all right, I'm probably I'm going to lose some health, maybe die, just because I don't know if I should drop in the middle, should I drop to the side? You know, I don't know what the strategy yeah. where, where I'm going here. Well, you know, I, I always hate that. Yeah, we yeah, we talked about it a lot in Shinobi too. Again, another Shinobi comparison. Yeah, I had those thoughts about blind falls too, and I thought of Shinobi when I when I was internally silently bitching about them. But the yeah, it's like it 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 goes. I it, I think that like I don't you know I think they I I think these are conscious decisions that are you know, legitimately like because it is it's impossible. There's just no way you cannot because without saying there's no map, there's no way to look mm-hmm. down there. Like it's just. It's it's literally a built-in unavoidable difficulty, you know, and yep. that's always frustrating. If you don't have control over, and you can't get, I mean, and that's the thing though, the getting good at it is literally just the time spent dying. That's yep. how you get good at it, you know, and that, you know. So if you the, came here with like full health or something, very yeah. strong, like yeah. that's what happened to me on the third level a lot, you know, where the gears would be on either side, and first time through, I'm like. Like, cause they're not at the top. So I'm just jumping down a hole. And next thing yeah. you know, like, oh, there's gears over here. I'm yeah. like, ah, uh, yeah. Yep. you're just going to lose that health and you're just going to have to go back and try again. Yeah. You know? uh, it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. And, you know, and like, I don't have my rant about it till later, but <laughs> you know, it's we're playing with fucking safe states. Can like, think about that on OG hardware, like pound your head into a brick wall. <laughs> like that's I did not get that's more appealing. on OG hardware. I did not get here. On yeah, OG right. hardware, I could right. Yeah, Pro- probably not me either. Really, in hindsight, but yeah, I mean, just I mean, I you know, fuck, whoa, whoa, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I took a bit of damage trying to work my way down. So I did a serious farm operation on the final drop claw at the bottom. So mm-hmm. it's nice they put that there at least. Yep. And then there is some high risk platforming asked of you, spanning across a bunch of open flames and. <laughs> The, the frequency 
that video game environments just have large scale open fires is remarkable if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's every, always a fire pit yeah, everywhere. Don't you yeah, know this? There's, there's fire pits always, everywhere outside. Yeah. It, you know, it, 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 I guess it harks back to the idea. It's like, a, it's like a carnal human fear fire, you know, like this, this thing you need to survive, but it is very damaging if you mm. handle it the wrong way. You know, like I, I, I get always tapping into that. Um, that to to you know that emotional little little emotional nuggets that you can generate in these archaic expressions of art like I get that but it's just funny to me that they're always there yeah you're not playing a video game in 1990 that's a side platformer <laughs> without a fire stage this is not happening <laughs> so the sequence with the single Batman with conveyor belt platforms is a real bitch of an ask for someone with no safe states too speaking of that and then it's heading up a long stairwell with tons of shit, EEVs, heat waves, RC cars, making it very difficult to work your way up to it. And kindly, they put another heart farming drop claw right at the top of that before the exit. So, like, that, those are, like, to me, those are developer acknowledgments that, like, this stage is fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to need a little something, something. Yeah, yeah, you're not getting through. Like, yeah. even, I don't give a shit how good you are. You're not getting through here unscathed. So, um, you know, on one note, admirable of them on another note fuck you for making it that hard in the first place <laughs> <laughs> so then we move into stage four four and this is a boss battle and this is with the dual container alarm the manual description of this is this boss controls dual container vehicles that can stop any intruder in an emergency he is programmed to trigger firebombs and this is two boxes that move around in the same path around the room, including three columns that you can wall jump up to try to find a tactical place to deal with them from. So this was a moment. So, yeah, I did get through this because this was something that I didn't remember from my childhood. But childhood muscle memory is fucking crazy, dude. Like, you know, like I said, I, I didn't remember the two, the stage two boss battle. Enough to remember every part of it. I remember some of it, though, you know. But, like, this was a moment, dude, where, like, I don't know. I can't explain it, dude. I have no I, – I mean, I haven't played – like, I didn't look at a single Nintendo Power uh, or Google a fucking thing for this game, for this playthrough up to this point. And I haven't I hadn't gotten this far in this game without a doubt for probably this entire century. Like, in the – this century, I have not played this video game to this point. And I just knew somewhere deep down inside of me – to climb up to the top of that middle column, and yeah. that was where to position myself for this battle. I just fucking knew it, dude. It was like it was like the second the screen came on, I was like, "Oop, gotta get there!" Like, and I don't know, where it, <laughs> I don't have any explanation of where it came from. I just like knew it, and like it, it was, I don't know, man. It was fucking wild to me. Like, I had to pause and just think about that for a second, like, and, and make these notes that I'm like way about. back deep down. It's yeah. like, yep, that's where you go. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, fucking crazy, man. Yeah, and, I, and the funny thing, like, I didn't know what to do once I was there. I just knew I had to be there. <laughs> Like I didn't even, yeah. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug, man. Cause yeah, I just I got there. And I was like, okay, okay. Now what? I know I got to be here, but I have no idea what to do now. <laughs> yeah, so. That's crazy. It because yeah. to me it it looks like you go in there and because they come in like that, it just kind of naturally seems like all right. I guess I'm gonna go to the middle and probably have to jump off. But then I just naturally ducked and I was like, I, I'm okay right here. Like, yeah. can I can I keep it here for a while? I mean, so that, you know, that, I guess that's that's part of it, maybe. You could say that that like you're yeah yeah you're in high vantage point, leverage, instinctual, and then also middle. I have the most room to deal with whatever's going to happen. So like, one could make that argument that it is partly just a carnal inclination, uh, based again on just 
however much video game playing that has accumulated in my life. But I, it felt to me familiar. Not, oh, for you, yeah. yeah. For you, yeah. I get it. For me, <laughs> not having ever been there, that's how I, I you know, right. how I saw it. Uh, so yeah, so once I yeah, one you, you you yeah you could just punch the things as they pass through up here, and that's another like I mentioned, that's a critical part of strategy in this game with the boss battles. So if you were punching and it was flashing orange, it would it would not deal damage to you, and it, it's like it's not the thing about it is it's not one hundred percent reliable. Like it works a lot. I definitely got hit, yeah, <laughs> but you, it's not one hundred percent, and that is is tough, you know. But you also have to avoid. So it does these fireballs; they periodically shoot out of their sides, and that was not avoidable from that spot at all times either. Even crouching, sometimes they would shoot in that level, uh, but not and not in a way though that was like read and react. Like they were not shooting at that level because you were there. Mm. It would just randomly happen that way sometimes, you know. So that's a, a, a tough aspect of it too that it was not as predictable enough. To yeah, to to really, I don't know, respond to I guess. So yeah, so you're basically just kamikazing them until one explodes and hoping you don't take too much damage while that happens. And then when the first one blows up, the second one goes into this berserker mode, kind of like the manual description mentioned, and flies down to the lower right corner and reveals a sensor or some shit in the middle of it, and then starts moving back and forth at the bottom of the screen, and it fires up projectiles that split up and spread across the screen at three different levels. And those are predictable. Those are constants. So what this incentivizes you to do, if you at all are perceiving what's happening, is you hopefully don't even want to go up there, you know, Um, even though... It would be nice to not be in the place where the thing is moving back and forth, obviously. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I just stayed at the bottom and hammered it with batarangs, and it died just in the nick of time when I had yeah. one, one life bar left. When I finally did beat it, that was that was basically yeah. how You it had down. to, because if, if you stayed up there, like, I, I couldn't even get it from up there. So right. I had no choice but to go down. Yeah. And and not die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the ensuing cinematic is all visual, no copy, which is fantastic, you know, cinematic <sighs> storytelling. The Batwing does a flyby on the Cathedral Tower in downtown Gotham, and then first in a close-up, like with the Cathedral Tower, and then a full city-wide as the Batwing lands at the base of the tower. And So cool. Yeah, for sure. It, it would have been cooler and a lot less fucking work for he and I if he just ejected out of the Batwing as it flew by the tower, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and just entered that way, but... Not the case. He flies all the way to the bottom and lands the fucking thing. (laughs) Um, And that gets you into stage five one, the cathedral. And the initial part of this is an orange-gray tint, bit of a green accent going on. And they start you off in here with some clock tower gear hopping, then on to working your way up platforms that are all populated by shit you have to find a way to frag before jumping up onto them. And that leads to a straight-up narrow tower with lots of gears to avoid and a bunch more of that like occupied platforming dance you know so not Mm -hmm. easy and a bunch of those occupants are javelins and the second of these is after a long wall jump climb and without safe states this is a break your nintendo sequence (laughs) (laughs) this is when i was like i'm not having fun i'm not i don't i don't even care like just whatever (laughs) yeah very rough um, so in the same area, you have these little gaps between the blocks where there's a gear overhead. So you have to fall into the gap and wall jump off the block you were standing on, below which is another gear, of course, and short hop to the next block without hitting the overhead gear. And this is just hyper bullshit. <laughs> uh, super tough. And yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I say scum my fucking ass off all the way through here, even the very first time. And and the second time, which we'll discuss later, which was even worse. But <laughs> like, yeah, you had like those little things. I mean, you know, it would take me 
to get those right, those little things where you have to fall down and, and, and jump across the gear with a wall jump, like, it would take me fucking five to ten times every time to get those right. Like, to do those reliably all the way up that on OG hardware, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, get the fuck out of here. I don't give a, sh I don't know. You know, and again, there is always that fucking psychopath speedrunner that, like, somehow can fucking do that. But, oh, like, yeah. I mean, how can you, you're not programming for that person. Fuck you, you know. You're programming for fucking nine-year-olds, so fuck you. Like, <laughs> just fuck you. Yeah. Really I don't good. know. Maybe, I feel like what... <laughs> This game made me reevaluate my relationship with like retro gaming. Cause, like, <laughs> like, even knowing, <laughs> even knowing that this is rated one of the hardest NES games out there, you know, towards the end of the NES generation, before they came out to Super Nintendo, like I get it, but I feel like nowadays when I play a game, when you have like a run up to the final boss or something, it's there's a lot that can happen, and it can be difficult, but a lot of it is just, like, build up to the final boss, and, like, getting you there, and then the boss is, like, the battle. Like, that's where you gotta, like, you know, crazy stuff's gonna happen, it's gonna be unique and different. I feel like playing this level was, like, I don't know, man. It was almost just, like, instead of... It's an attrition effort. Yeah, man. It's like, it's like, yeah, those, just it's like, like we're the, gonna not like, even let you get to the boss. Sorry. It, it, it's like the Final Fantasy thing we talked about. Like, you know, the the difficulty in those fucking element dungeons is it's about the battles are hard too, but it's about how close to just out of the end can you keep your guys mm -hmm. on the way there, you know? And that that is very much what that's about. Uh and this, yeah, I feel like the this five one, especially because you know, you can when you continue, you have to start back at the fucking at yeah. five at the beginning oh. of five one here. So yeah, it's I mean it's it's it it intends it is a it is a unified presentation of difficulty you know what i mean that that attrition that happens getting up that clock tower to what is a fucking boss rush no less is an intended combined difficulty you know and and that is i think that is very deliberate so yeah it's it's fucking that's why they say what they say cuz it's fucking woo woo <laughs> woo very difficult so when you get up to the top of that tower, the it is boss rush time in, in stage five two, and they even I like that they even they bother to differentiate the stages. Like Joker is five three, Firebug is five two. You know, so that's quality. The manual description of Firebug is the Joker's most trusted bodyguard wants revenge on Batman for personal reasons. Batman defeated his brother, so Firebug will stop at nothing to kill Batman. He can emit 600 million degrees Celsius fireballs that will instantly dissolve anything into atomic pieces. He is definitely Batman's most powerful enemy besides the, the Joker. And this is another somewhat obscure pull from the DC Comics Batman universe. He first appeared in December 1979, and his origin story is not what's provided in the manual. His family died in three separate building-related accidents that had nothing to do with Batman. A terrible run of luck, by the way, to have, to have that happen. Three building-related accidents happen to your family and kill them is, is a really, really bad. Way worse than the Bills losing to the Chiefs. I'm sleeping outside, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he lost his sanity as a result of this terribly uh, inopportune uh, set of occurrences or series of occurrences. And being a former demolitions expert soldier, he vowed that those three buildings would not kill again and adopted the firebug identity to take them out with napalm. And Batman saw to it he failed, obviously. Uh, 
And this is where I'd like to mention how fucking annoying it is. The game resets your weapon selection to punch every time you change stages. This oh. sucks. It sucks. It sucks. I want to get into the moment or in, into this battle and be batteranging the moment I get in there. So I want it to change or I want to change it before I leave stage 5-1. And I can't. So fuck you, Sunsoft. <laughs> <laughs> I did yeah. notice that where I would yeah. like try to get ready and I'd get to the stage and like, oh, I thought yeah. I had it pre preset. And yeah, it doesn't no, work that way. Yeah, it doesn't carry over. Ugh. Anyhow, I, other than that, really, I mean, this dude ain't too bad, I would say. Like his his large fireballs can be fairly reliably jumped, so that's yeah. good. That's not like the electrocutioner where it's like you're fucked with this projectile, you know. So that's good. And he stays within range of your battering attack most of the time, so it's you know, kind of just a matter of skill. And, I mean, all that stated, I had insufficient skill. <laughs> so I got pissed off and Googled some help. And I found a vid where the player was able to sort of stun lock him on the right side of the screen and dust him. Like, I was able to beat him a couple times just fucking around, but you're so depleted ammo and health-wise getting into the Joker that it's like, this isn't going to work. So I was like, there's got to be a more dependable and less fucking depleting way to beat this guy. So that's what led me to the fucking Googling. So, so there's a way to stunlock him on the right side of the screen and dust him pretty quickly with batarangs. The pillars in the background there are somewhat kind of the markers for where to stand. And batarangging quickly from the middle one to get him back to back into the corner and then advance to the outer half of the rightmost pillar. If you can get it pixel perfect, he'll do a a jump back and forth right onto you, but because you're tagging him with the batarangs, it doesn't hurt you or fuck up your flow, you know, and he'll jump he'll jump back before he stops flashing and you never take any damage and you can stay there and fucking just kill his ass, you know. So that is how I was eventually able to beat him in a way that allowed me to even have a hope against the Joker. But you know, I died plenty of times. Did you how did we, did you did you even beat him? I, I did guess? not get there. I did okay. not get there. Okay. I I stopped before that and I was just like, oh, I got it. So it's one of those things where I actually do fully intend to come back and finish it, but I was just so annoyed and frustrated. I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to be held to the recording schedule of this podcast to beat this freaking stupid game. I will come back when I'm able to calm down. But yeah, even, even though we haven't recorded in over a month, <laughs> no excuses. I fully, fully put it out there. There's no excuses there. This game is frustrating and fun at the same time. And yeah, I. On five one, I was ready to smash my NES okay. controller well, so again I, because I'm not trying to save state every five seconds, and it's just like, you know, and you I would do something well, I get to you know a good part, but because I wouldn't save state right then and there, uh, like I would get fucked up, and then yeah. I'd have to like start, and I was just right, so I mean, honestly, even oh. you know, I I wouldn't you know I, and we'll get to how my flow went, but like you know, <laughs> I'm saying like I'm saves coming every five seconds, and like you know if I'm not picture perfect. At the end of that run, like, I'm not, you know, like, just well, load, I think, I'm just loading and going back. <laughs> I think so. part of me is wanting to preserve as pure of a, a playthrough as I possibly can. You know it's, what I mean? It, it's, it's, just, it's hella valiant, dude. Jay, but this is not the game. This is not the Yeah, one it's to do clearly that, not the game. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll get to it in the King Lord's Blessing. But it, it's yeah. not the game. And so, I... But at the same time, I do want to come back and still finish it, though. I'm at, at my leisure when I feel like I'm in the mood to like put myself through this pain again. Fair, yeah. Based on our conversations about it uh, the past few days, I am surprised to hear you were in five one. So uh, I, I, that's 
Because I, you know how it is. Like I get angry and then I'm like, oh, I'm not playing this. And then I like, you know, 30 minutes later, I'm like, all right, I got to get focused, you know. Yeah. And then I'll break through and get a little farther. So yeah, yeah. it's. I it's definitely fun. stopped before that when we were texting. I was definitely stopping before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. It, it 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 is funny how you know people say it about everything and it's so applicable. But like you can you can talk yourself out of it in the moment for sure when you're pissed off. But like it is amazing how. Uh, helpful it can be to just literally just walk away and pick it up with a clean fucking frame of mind and like you'll find like yeah a little nuance you're like oh fuck that's the answer yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so you kill firebug and then you get yeah you move into stage five three even though you're in the exact same place and it's joker time and he has a big pistol he pops off single rounds from and they have a pretty sizable height to them but they are also jumpable and he'll customarily pop off a couple of these in a row before moving to the lightning attack. And that is a three-bolt thing that rains down from above in an equally spaced fashion that is predictable enough. Um, like, both in where he likes, like, he always goes to the same spot on either side of the screen to do it. So you always know where they're coming. And you can, you know, if you are able to not be frantic enough uh, or too frantic to have your shit together you can go to the spot that you know they're not going to hit and be safe and that's mm. critical because those are obviously otherwise really fucked up um, attacks and uh so the trick is is you have to hop a couple of those pistol rounds to start the thing and then get in close with your batarang and just light his ass up with it like it's it's you know if you <laughs> fucking if you like know that and like you, again you can keep your shit together like he's nice he's pretty <laughs> fucking he's pretty fucking easy but like it's really hard to keep your shit together with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you can keep yourself in close enough to his sprite, like your face, like just past again by a pixel or two, the end of his gun when it's extended out, you're fairly again. I would never want to say 100% with any fucking Nintendo game, but like you're pretty predictably safe from his his projectile attack, and that is without a doubt the harder of his two. Um, mechanics so you can fucking get in there and just be batarang him and really tag his ass while he's doing that and you know it's it even like again like in a development acknowledgement of um, his range of like the things you have to do to attack him and his responses to it like he'll do little tiny steps back when you're in that close mm. not full one just just enough to get to be able to hit, you know, so you have to account for those two, but you can make it happen. And like if, if you're continuously hammering him with the batarangs from that safe spot inside his gun and you keep accounting for his steps, he'll eventually get fed up and try to run to the other side of the screen. Uh, and as long as you have, this is another instance where as long as you have him flashing from the batarangs, this run through does not hurt you, thankfully. So, you know, again, mm. like a, a part of it you can predictably deal with and like account for and strategize with so yeah he runs to the other side and then he'll usually do I'm not, i can't recall if he will fire off or just do a lightning attack right away i can't recall but he'll run over and then you know kind of a, it's a little bit of a rinse and repeat scenario basically and and there's not a ton of variance to his behavior outside of that so again like you know not this he's not jumping around or any fucking crazy shit like he's pretty static relatively speaking by boss standards especially in this game so the first time i try this <laughs> i come into it 
like I mentioned, they get a pretty depleted coming out of Firebug with seventeen am- seventeen ammo points left, right? And I'm you know save oh, state, save state. Can't even flip- win. Can you even win with that? Like- <laughs> no. Short answer, no. Long answer. Here we go. There, yeah, there is no fucking way you can beat this prick with that amount of ammo. Your punch just cannot get it done with them, right? So. All the videos I Googled were pretty clear and obvious in depicting Batarang or Bust. So, like, I'm save-stated here, and, like, I'm... Yeah, I, I, I actually streamed both of my attempts on Joker. So, the first one, it's only, like, six minutes long. <laughs> 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 like, you can see me, I'm just like... You know, I, I died. I mean, and dude, I mean, I, I took, I don't know, at least a dozen cracks at it, I would I would guess. And, yeah, it was just, like, painfully obvious this is not happening. So I was just like, fuck this. I'm done. Fuck this. You know? And, yeah, I, that's when I considered not finishing the game. I was like, fuck it. I'm not, like, I'm not going back and getting more ammo. I'm not going through that fucking 5-1 again. 5-1 yeah. fucked. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> and then also have to beat Firebug uh, with enough left to get in here. You know, like, Mm-mm. yeah, I, I was really close to just being like, I don't need to beat. Joe, I don't need to do this. <laughs> I don't need to do Shit, the fucking Bills are playing the Chiefs in a few minutes. Like, I'm not fucking, or in a few, in, in, in like 36 hours, I'm not doing this. So, yeah, so I, I got up and walked away from it. And, you know, those videos, of course, will be on the or on the Facebook page and the links to them will be in the show notes. And, you know, I don't know. I spent, might have been a full 24 hours, I don't know. But because I have issues, I decided to, like, I was like, well, I'll turn it on and I'll see what my save states, what my other save states were, you know? <laughs> like, I'll just see if there's one in a place where I'm like, okay, I can go back to that and not jump off the roof. <laughs> and sure enough, there was one right at the base of the clock tower. And I had all but three life units remaining and 88 ammo. So I was like, okay, you fucking prick like <laughs> i'll go again from here and just save scum my ass off up to the top in good shape for the final boss yeah. rush right my more ammo conservative rerun uh wasn't honestly really that bad like once i got into it uh you know i mean it's it took maybe 10 minutes of saves coming to, to get at the top of it and i dusted firebug firebug off and maybe two or three tries nice. uh with that tactic that i had already uh gleaned and i was back at joker with 66 ammo and uh, i think i had two life left but I had a life left so I could, you know, die. Okay. And, and, nice. and that's, we haven't said that actually. So yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the first Joker thing is when I really learned, you can see it in the video. I'm like, what? I don't, like when I died, you don't go back to 99 ammo. You have the same amount of ammo that you had before you died. So I was like, in my mind, that wasn't how it worked, you know? And like when I got in there with 17 ammo, I was like, that's fine. Cause I, once I, I have a life left that I can die and then, you know, use that. Oh. And yeah, I got in there and like, you see in the video where like I make that realization. I'm like, what the? F-? <laughs> I said to myself that, you know, if 66 ammo was insufficient, I really was done. Like, I'm just yeah. I'm just walking away. <laughs> if that's not enough, if getting there with 66 ammo is not enough to beat the Joker, then I'm, fuck it, I'm, I'm done with this game. And away we go. Uh, enough ammo um, makes it relatively easy, I, I guess I would say. Like, it took me maybe another half dozen whacks at it. To dust his ass okay. off once I had the, okay. the, the proper ammo. And, you know, and, like, part of it's more ammo, but also part of it is experience with having went through him a bunch of times and, like, knowing the tendencies and kind of knowing what to do. Right. So I did fucking beat his ass. And when he dies, he does a – it's not exactly what we just talked about for, like, the head flying back uh, fighting game death. It's not quite like that. He does, like, this – like, a very dramatic slumping to the ground 
you know, and it's like it's like a super. It goes into slow mo. Like he like slumps forward, and you kind of see the top of his head, and he like slowly goes to the ground. So it's like a, again like a cinematic slow mo effort, you know. And then once he's on the ground, he does a thing where he you know tries to get up once, and only gets a little bit off the ground, and then slumps back down, and he's down for good, right? And then after that, and this is oh dude, it's so fuck I. Again, you can see it in the video, like that, th- th- and this is how I knew, dude. Like, <laughs> but like he does a he does a when he dies like that. If you don't move, it'll never go to the cutscene. It'll stay on that screen as long as you want to stay there. So, really? yeah, you have to walk up to him, and that initiates the cutscene. You have to control your control your sprite and walk up to him, which is you know. It's like such like a small, it. it's such a small thing, dude, but holy fuck. You know, you see it in the video, I'm just like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, do I got to walk up to, oh my God. <laughs> so it's like such a small, cool, or small, uh, you know, like meaningless thing it should be, but it was so impactful. It was so, so good and so cool. So you have to walk up to him and then it, uh, it cuts to the cutscene, And yeah, that's, that is when I knew that I hadn't beat this game, you know? that there's just no way like I just had forgotten it or something because I had no idea it was going to do that. And that is not something you could ever forget. There's just no way. There's just no fucking way you could ever forget that, right. that you had to walk up to him manually, you know? So yeah, I'd never fucking done it. And then you can see the cutscene. It's like a, like a really dramatic, beautiful still image uh, card or it starts with one of those and it's first Batman with the Joker yoked up at the edge of the cathedral tower balcony. And that's what's behind me right now. And then he says, I know you murdered my parents. Now you will dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. And I don't remember him saying that back to him in the movie. Maybe this I, has got to be a, vi- this is a game only thing. He never said, now you'll dance with the devil. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. He I don't never remember said that. that. <laughs> so that, that that's some serious creative license on Sunsoft's behalf. If that's not the case. And I don't know. I just watched the movie. Maybe I napped through that part or fell asleep or something, but no. I don't, I no, don't Joker says it. Batman does not. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's how I felt, but you know, whatever. Uh, anyway, so he says that, and then we get one intermediary card of Batman throwing him off the edge. So again, it's a still shot, but he's like, like, uh, like the it, it's it's the moment after he's left Batman's hands, and he's like, kind of back arched like that. Falling boss thing that we talked about actually. Dude, that is amazing. Yeah, it is a, amazing. Yeah. He yeets him off the side. He's <laughs> fall like. Yeah, that is so cool. For, for, first of all, we gotta talk about this. First of all, the fact that Batman essentially kills him, I think, is super cool because many people would debate like. Hence my whole Injustice Two rant. Like right. Batman's like, no, we're not gonna kill him. D- I love that he that, just right. tosses him off the edge here. Yeah, and that they show him like fall, like the cinematic where he's falling. I just love that. I don't know oh, why. Yeah. Watching yeah. him slowly die is great. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, it cuts from the the still card of him going over to a we're back to that wide of the whole city that we saw when the Batwing flew in, and you just see like Joker's little purple blotch <laughs> falling all the fucking way to the street below. And that happens, and then the music cue changes to a much slower dramatic tune, or rather it changes to a slower dramatic tune as he falls. And then we get more still cards of the Joker motionless on the pavement, each one closer and closer to his face. And, I mean, you know, by NES standards, it's gruesome shit, I think. Like, you know, he's not, like, 
splattered or anything, but like well, he's it, clearly laying there dead. Like right, it's clear. yeah. And they and they do like I said, yeah, like a slow zoom of like they start with one like as an aerial above him. You know, you can kind of see the street light casting down at him almost. Almost from the perspective of the streetlight, and then, or a little above it, anyways. And then you cut to like a closer of him, his whole body on the pavement, and then like a really close up of just his face, you know, uh, uh, laying there dead. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's intense for NES shit. <laughs> so the credit sequence is pretty boring, image depraved, but the end card is a really great looking Batman logo that it never cuts away from. And that's, it's all very impressive. It's fucking beautiful in every possible way. All the imagery uh, there. And yeah, I mean the whole sequence. I I posted the slideshow basically on the on the Facebook page, so you can check it out if you're not want to <laughs> fucking deal with this game yourself. And it's yeah, I mean they it's just incredible pixel art. It looks so fucking good. That is the stage four part two theme, bringing us into favorite little section here, a little thing called the verdict, King Lorik's blessing, whether or not it shall be bestowed. I mean, fuck, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> even with all the fucked up difficulty at the end, it's a masterpiece, dude. It's a ma- it's an NES masterpiece. It is. It might be the apex on the system, like, wow, wow. As, as far you know, I, I, you know, there's other fun games, and you get into a lot of subjectivity. But I mean, from a technical accomplishment hmm. perspective, and you know, part of doing this timeline is the idea that we're going to encounter things, maybe that, especially late in the cycle, the NES cycle, that we just mm-hmm. we had we had moved off on other systems and maybe didn't play. And, you know, who knows what happens in there. I, I know some of the late stage games are really revered. Kirby's and shit like that are like really whatever. But I think it, yeah, I think it might be the most impressive development job on the system that ever happens, you know. So that, I, like, I, I feel relatively confident that I, I'm, we're going to make it through off the NES entirely. And I'm still going to feel that way. So... I mean, the, the graphics are unreal, the music unreal, controls unreal, cutscene cinematics unreal, pixel art of the actual actors portraying the actors in those cutscenes unreal, general embodiment of the underlying IP in an NES technical context unreal, in game reward and satisfaction unreal. Like, it's everything about it, other than, like, this is fucking hard, assholes. Like, <laughs> that's it. That's the only thing that I think someone could even try to mm-hmm. suggest is not commendable about it yeah i mean would i would i recommend <laughs> it to someone else yeah would i would i consider playing it again in like a remastered version or something like that like on a xbox or like yeah like remastered i'll you know i'll play it again why not like it's yeah w- what else can i say that hasn't already been said graphics the tracks like i was listening to the tracks regularly over and over like, I, <laughs> right, yeah. like even the cutscene track i originally had that as one i was like this cutscene music is fantastic you know like I, yeah, everything about it, solid controls, which we can make or break a game, especially during this era. I mean, great. So, yeah, as, as, as hard as it is, 
still worth it. Still worth a play. Definitely gets the blessing in my opinion. Yep. Yeah, that's a really interesting idea. Like the remastering idea, like because of what I just said, like other than nerfing it and making it easier, and is is that really an improvement? Hmm. Uh, how do I mean? I you know I guess it's just it's just it's new and it's better looking, so yeah. right. M- maybe it, it it is better, but like I I I struggle. At least if you at all have an appreciation of this, of of retro gaming and the NES, like what could be accomplished in that system? If you have an appreciation of that, like. Is it possible for remastering to be better? Like, unless you legit make this so graphically advanced that it looks like the movie, and you're like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, unless right. you're using current generation software to make it look like the movie, that's one of the best things about this is the fact that it straight up looks like the movie already on the <laughs> bit software. That's yeah. the brilliance of it. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where that's just one of the things I always ask, like, hey, because we've seen remasters of Strider and stuff. I'm like, fuck that, man. I'm not. <laughs> you know, we've seen them for, like, Alex Kidd and stuff like that, where sure. it's like, all right, you know, I, I might play that one. Like, this is great as it is. Like, so I would say, yeah, just in general, of course, if you had one, I'd check it out. But, I mean, it stands on its own. Amen. Double blessing on that. Not the most uh, surprising thing, I suppose, but got to go through the process anyways. I trust the process. (laughs) (laughs) So next up, we are on to Nintendo Power 14, issue 14. And you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provided whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on that podcast platform of choice or any other for that matter. The website is nyehentertainment.com dot com forward slash isoh pod you can email us directly at isoh podcast at gmail.com you can follow the pod on facebook and or instagram you could there is a link to the youtube gameplay videos playlist on the show notes or in the show notes there's the isoh subreddit if you want to get down this on reddit we don't have a patreon but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to and would like to do so at our direction the able gamers foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities that is cool as fuck ablegamers.org is where you can find them t-shirts are on the website they're dope and proceeds on those after pod expenses go to able gamers we're rocking them right now of course and are two of them anyways and jay what uh, are your socials uh, gentleman jb without the second e that's my gamer tag that's pretty much where you can find me across all the systems so shout me out my Twitter is at Josh Follen. My Instagram is my shift key at uh, is broke rather. And now the bill season is over. There'll be less Buffalo Bill stuff on there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you know if that's matter if that matters to your decision making on that, uh, jumping on board and, and follow me on those. And then yeah, my Oculus game tag is also my shift key is broke. If you want to hunt me down on there and get wasted in putt putt. Okay, okay, bye, bye.